minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. You are now tapped into the coolest reptile podcast in the world. Welcome to Thursday night's Trap Talk Reptile Podcast, episode 422 with Riley Jimison of Riley Reptiles. But what is good, man? I'm your boy, MJ. What's up, everyone out there? Happy Thursday. Woo! Thursday nights belong to the trap. And boy, do we have an epic, epic episode for everyone out there. But check it out. If you're into keeping reptiles, um either breeding or admiring or just, you know, whatever, man, this is a podcast to be subscribed to. Uh, I put out three podcasts on this channel every, uh, every week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays. I do not miss for now, by the way. Um, but yeah, man, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, select all you'll be on top of every single podcast. I'm also on all the major audio platforms such as Buzzsprout, Apple, Spotify. So don't forget to rate review and subscribe to no matter where you hear Trap Talk Reptile Podcast, but either way, wherever you listen to this podcast, thank you so much. It means a lot. Shout out to the early bird. Shout out to anyone who puts energy into watching this or giving me feedback. Make sure you drop some feedback in the comment section. Greatly appreciated. Um, now, if you're looking for exclusive content, if you want to be a part of a growing community, look no further than joining the Trap Talk Patreon family. Go down to the very first link in the description below. Click on it. Join the Trap Talk Patreon family. You get a link to the Discord, which will tap you in with over 185 trappers. And you also get connected to the Instagram group chat, which is cracking. Just a way to grow, way to network, way to meet the best people in the reptile industry. And we're talking diversity, baby. Not just one species of reptiles. Super diverse. You can get connected almost anywhere in the Trap Talk Patreon family. And it's all because of the support. Love you guys. Love my family. Love my love all the love and support that I get from my Patreon members. Appreciate you guys so much. Don't forget to support US ARC first and foremost. Go down to the link in the description below. Click on it. If you don't know what US ARC is, I left that link for you specifically. USARC.org. Become a member. Those numbers are super important. If you out there support US ARC, thank you so much for being on the same team as me. Let's go ahead and do what we got to do and fight for these animal rights. Thank you, Phil Goss. Thank you to the entire USR team. Appreciate you so much. Tonight's episode is brought to you by the show that's happening in a couple days. Holiday Reptile Breeder Show brought to you by Bomb Project, Morph Market, and Ship It Reptiles. This show's happening in down downtown Los Angeles this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it's a free show, which is amazing. All right? Wide range of reptiles, amphibians, spiders, you name it. Catch a lot of amazing, cool stuff at this show that's going to be going down again December 9th, this Saturday. And how it's free, just go to reptilebreedershow.com, RSVP, and that's your ticket. All right? So you catch your boy MJ there. I'll be there with a few other homies, but there are a legit list of vendors who are going to be vending at this show. So it's a good way to see what animals are going to be there. You know what I'm saying? So so cannot wait. Thank you so much, D. Thank you, KG. 
the bomb, the bomb project for throwing such an epic show in between shows because I'm looking forward to checking this out. Cali could definitely use some more shows, and I'm going to be all up in that. See you there Saturday. Again, reptilebreedershow.com, RSVP, and I'll see you guys this Saturday. Looking forward to it. I want to say that tonight's episode is brought to you by my good homie. Well, I should say our good homie, Miguel Garcia, always evolving pythons. One of my favorites, been my favorites in the ball python game and has continued to live up to his name, even though so many doubted at one point, but you cannot doubt greatness. And AEP is on the up and up. Go follow his content, please. Instagram, Always Evolving Pythons, and on YouTube, Always Evolving Pythons. All right, shout out to the entire AEP family. Big things popping, and that's my dog. Appreciate you, Miguel. Uh, also, tonight's episode is brought to you by Freedom Breeder. If you've got a freedom breeder rack, pat yourself on the back. That's a professional level of reptile keeping or rodent breeding. The original stainless steel rack made in the United States since the 90s. OG shit. Shout out to Jesse. Shout out to the entire freedom breeder crew. Thank you for your three plus years of love and support. You guys mean a lot and also just huge influence to a lot of people who use your product here in the reptile industry. So again, thank you to freedom breeder. Appreciate everything that they do. Um, Last but not least, if you got a reptile, use Ship Your Reptiles, the OGs in the reptile shipping industry. All right? The professionals, the pros use Ship Your Reptiles. Thank you, Chad Brown. What a legend. Thank you, Susie, another legend. My homegirl, Susie. Thank you so much for supporting the trap. Make sure you guys use promo code TRAPTALK. Take 15 bucks off that next shipment, and you can thank me later. And yeah. Early birds. I know the early birds are cracking. I'm going to get to you guys right now. If you're in the live chats tonight, if you think that if you are moved or you enjoy what you hear on tonight's episode between me and Riley, me and Riley have quite the history. We're going to let it all out tonight. I'm just saying, if you think that tonight's episode is worth of any super chats, don't be shy in, this, in the live chats, all right? Drop a super chat if you have a question, concern, whatever, certain topic that you want to hear us talk about, drop a super chat. I'll prioritize it, but yeah, let's keep that energy going in the live chats like it is right now because it's, it's it's banging. Let's see who's here. Shout to the homie, Mark Curry, Reptiles, Trap Talk Patreon member all day every day. Appreciate you so much, Mark Curry. Thank you so much for being here. Ethan Hatchery, my dog, Brian, who I cannot wait to wear his merch. I have that, dude, that shirt is sitting perfectly somewhere, and when I wear it, it's going to be the perfect time. You know what I'm talking about. My boy, Brian, from Ethan Hatchery, Trap Talk Patreon member all day every day. Julio Fulio, my dog. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Jordan Heartland Reptiles. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Northwest Herpetological. The homie Zach. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. The homie Ryan Manfredi. V Unit Family. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Appreciate your support, dog. Sitting in Exotics. Homie Kenneth Jordan. What's up, player? James from All City Serpents. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Celtic Reptiles. What's good, Celtic? Appreciate you so much. Eric's Morph Factory. Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Appreciate you. V-Unit family all day, every day. Manuel Noriega. Did I say that right? It's a sick-ass name. Sounds like a rapper name or maybe like a... I don't know. Sick name, though. Thank you for being here. The Omi JD. Meteoric Serpents in the building. Trap Talk Patreon member, V-Unit family all day, every day. It's my, my dog. Kaluber Corruption. Go subscribe to his podcast, please. Eclipse, Sweden, player in the building, Trap Talk, Patreon family, be global. And this is my European brother right here, Eclipse from Sweden, tapping in. Appreciate you so much. Diego, the right hand, 
who I miss dearly. Cruz Family Constrictors, Diego, I miss you, buddy. I'll see you soon. Hey, yeah, are you going Saturday? Text me, please. Let's figure that out. Appreciate you so much. Cruz Family Constrictors, the homie Diego, appreciate you so much. Trap Talk Patreon member. The homie Josh, Skeletons and Feathers. Trap Talk Patreon member all day every day. This one's diverse and a lot of cool things in the reptile game. Tap in with them, please. The homie Chuck, Arizona in the building. What's up, Chuck? How you doing, buddy? 217 Pythons, the homie Big Will in the building. What's up, 217? Trap Talk Patreon member all day, every day. Ricky Bobby, the homie, my brother. Trap Talk Patreon member, the elite. Appreciate you so much, Shane. Thank you so much for being here. Big Keys dropping threes, my dog. Keys Constrictors, please subscribe to this man's YouTube channel. His hustle is second to none. I'm just glad to see this guy continue to do his thing because ain't nobody going to stop a G from doing his thing. That's my boy Keys. Appreciate you so much. Big Bosa. Bosa Reptiles in the building. What's up, player? Our mutual homie. Oh, my God. I want to say that, yes, you know what? I am dedicating tonight's episode to Force Fanning. But I want to dedicate some of this episode to Brandon Wheeler, too. Oh, 110%. Brandon is a huge, huge glue of what's about to go down tonight. Because I don't think if it was for Brandon, I think, I mean, maybe I'll let we and Riley could talk about I don't know. All I got to say is this guy right here, just like how Forrest kept me and Riley together, this dude, pause, by the way, but this dude kind of kept the glue going as far as, what, what's about to go down tonight? So we're going to end it in style with Brandon Wheeler. Brandon Wheeler is the most players person in the chats right now. And please go give him a follow. Morelia House. He's an OG. He's my dog. But guys, let's do this. It's, uh, it's, it's game time. I'm ready to rock and roll. Ready to finally do what people thought was never going to happen and bring Riley Jimison back to Trap Talk for many reasons, I guess. But we'll, we're going to get down to it. We're going to get down to carpets. All right, I think that's what my first, I think the first thing we're going to talk about is carpets to get Riley really going. Let's talk about some carpets. Talk about a lot of great stuff. So guys, do what you got to do to get your mind right. First and foremost, do what you got to do to stay hydrated because that's important. But episode 422 coming at you right now with my good homie Riley Jemison from Riley Reptiles. Let's go. Cheers. Yes. You ready to do, do more in the future? Trap yes. Talk Podcasts? Yes. Man. Holy. Only trap talk exclusive. Yes, exclusive. Oh. So stop calling us. From the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the crop, gotta love it, love it, and not I'm hot from the hop to the club spot. Get the club to pop. When I come up with the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up with the spot, get the club to pop. When I come up Everybody, we do it. Everybody, we do it. Episode 422, Riley Jimison. What's up, buddy? Not much. 
Thanks How are for you? Me, man. Good to good to be chatting. Glad to be home off work and hanging out, talking reptiles and everything else. Um, before we get going, dude, your whole production level of stuff here is top notch, man. Like, oh, thanks. I don't know how you do it. Obviously, you, you're very well versed in practice in it, but dude, this stuff is like I I was taking photos earlier of like just like this layout and everything. I'm just like I think it's pretty dang legit, and all the um, the the other media that you make for cross posting and everything is pretty dope. And then uh, shout out to everybody who's who's tuned in and watching. Yeah, chats are cracking right now, man. And, uh, you know, they should be because, I don't know, um, you and I, like I said, we have history that goes back to even to people that are no longer with us, unfortunately. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And the very first podcast, you were on a podcast with Forrest and I. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were on you yeah. were on, on Filtered. That was the very first time we ever did a podcast together, right? Yeah. And then and then you came on one, you came on one of my very first shows or your first few shows of Trap Talk. Yeah, um, it was like in, in your first like couple dozen yeah um and oh man it's just crazy how quick fucking time flies you know because so much has happened like a lot has happened not only just between us but just in the hobby like the growth of things how many people have been in it um you know i remember when i first came into this hobby and i was trying to get more tapped into the industry i latched on to kind of knowing you at a show because you know when you first go to reptile shows you don't really know nobody you know like you know and this is why i tell people to go so you're not so awkward when you finally do go to a show because the more you go to shows the more you kind of like you know who the crews are you know what i mean and i remember you always being with cusco um do you remember that do you remember the pomona where you got so fucked up that friday the saturday you didn't show up yep that was <laughs> yep yep oh that that also ties into like a forest memory because that night was yes was a late night and uh oh man yeah when we get into that stuff that's like one of my funniest memories <laughs> but yeah. yeah i i do remember that brian uh yeah i used to do a lot of filming for brian um at the shows when i lived in santa barbara it was a two-hour drive to go down to pomona anaheim when they were still doing it in san diego I was going to that one too just working either with him or my local pet shop and just helping him with cameras and stuff so yeah it was a good time so you know where how do you feel like right now only with things you're at within the industry but just within your own collection are you at where you think you would be at um you know thinking back in these days like i i don't really know what your goals were i always knew that you were just a badass keeper you're always happy about keeping things what you wanted to keep like and that's one thing that stood out from you and like all the other ball python homies i was like i noticed Riley does riley he has his passionate projects um but you always kept it about that versus making, you know, going the popular route, which is bringing stuff for money. Like that was never really your thing, right? You always kind of stuck to what you're doing now throughout all these years. I, I mean, I think I tried to do other things and inevitably I, I was just fighting against my natural desire to keep what I am keeping currently. Right. Not that I wasn't keeping it then, but yeah, I was trying to do things that I thought were cool. I was still testing the waters, you know, like when somebody gets a new species and they find out it's not for them and six months later, you know, they move it on. I think that's the most respectable thing to do. If it's not for you, don't, you know, let the animal potentially experience any neglect because you're not that into it. Um, and I think that's just how you learn. So earlier on, I think it was kind of a little bit more all over the place, kind of no syndrome. I got in and out of keeping and breeding ball pythons like in two separate chunks of time. Mm -hmm. um where i was like ah, i should move away from this and then i was like i'm around it enough and i was seeing it a lot so i got kind of got tempted and got back into it again and then like 
six months in, I was like, what am I doing? I already had this like realization. And so over time, I think I just naturally found myself enjoying what I have and, and then just realizing like, look, the stuff that I'm moving on is at best second to the stuff that I'm keeping and I'm clearly making subconscious decisions. And if I look around and pull myself out from like an outside perspective, the stuff that I've gotten rid of, I still enjoy, but I don't enjoy it as what I still have. So I just had to just quit lying to myself and say like, look, you just really, as much as like, I love all species, I, you know, I can't keep them all. So I should find out what I'm good at. And I've been pretty successful with keeping and breeding carpets and they've really got me hooked. So that's been my focus, but right. naturally I can't I, like the guys who keep only one species in a plethora and nail it. I envy that, but I can't do that. I, that's, dangerous. that's dangerous to do. You know, like I, I feel like you gotta have multiple personally. Yeah. I feel like, you know. yeah. It's just like, there's too many snakes, too little time. You know, when you watch, like other people's channels or see other people's animals and photographs it's hard not to be like excited when they're excited about something that you don't keep and not get that contagious feeling of like man that's really cool like it's just there's not really an ugly type of species out there or in like unappealing species there are ones that are unrealistic but like yeah you know, all the money in the world and all the space in the world, who wouldn't want to try and keep well, everything? Dude, right? Okay, you want to know what really changed my perspective on hog noses? Because I wasn't really a hog nose. I must be honest. I like yours. You had some crazy Madagascar type hog noses or fun. dark. Those are the ones I ever really, that and the tricolor one. I th or what, Are there tricolor hog noses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think those were the only two, like one off. I'm like, okay, these are fucking sick, right? But overall, like, I never really understood, like, the hog nose, like, game. Those right? are, those but things are fun. fun. But but after talking to people like Junior from JMG and and talking to people like my other homie Alvaro who's tapped in, I was like, yep. wait a minute, this is fucking sick because yeah. they're like they're showing shit just like what you have, like unique looking stuff that I haven't seen before, and 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 also passion really shows a lot on the animal when you have someone who's really geeked out over something and they go all out and present it the way that a lot of these people do that are on the forefront of these projects with reptile species. It's pretty impressive. Like it's and and I think that's what carries it. And honestly. Dude, we're gonna get let's get right into it, man. Carpets, right? Um, I always felt they're underrated for sure. Like I always felt like, you know, but but I felt like that happened more and more and more after I came in. I remember 2017 going to reptile shows. Was it psychotic exotics? That table? Yep. And I, I remember that was the table I was at the longest, just like going back and forth. And I just couldn't believe how fucking sick they were. But then I felt like after they stopped going to shows, it kind of just like what's up with carpets you know but and then mind you we, you and i which we'll talk about later but you and i went a couple years without speaking so i had no connection to carpets i was just wondering like whatever happened to carpets um yeah but they're, they're around first and foremost and they're fucking kicking ass but what do you think it was dude like what what is it like what why is carpets getting this kind of like little fucking redheaded stepchild treatment right now so i think there's a couple factors at play and they kind of come from like the historical perceptions of carpets. And, and I would also like add a little asterisk that the East coast always seems to be like five years ahead of keeping trends than the West coast. So shout out to all the East coast guys, specifically in like Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, New Jersey, like that area. That's where I find a lot of the older, you know more experienced veteran keepers that have been into them before they're even on on the map for people um kind of reside a lot um but yeah i mean 
everybody knows the old rumors and wives tales that they get 10 feet and they're big and they're bitey and you know all these different things and then with like diamond pythons in particular there's the old historical myth of diamond python syndrome where like you can keep them for like three or five years and they just drop dead but it just turned out you're keeping them wrong and too hot. Um, Almost like Bullens, huh? Almost how like the Bullens was like an impossible thing to keep at first. And now they're just trying to figure out how to breed it, which some people have out there. But I'm saying like yeah. almost the same sense, right? Like, like yeah, very similar, you know, yeah. very similar. Um, <clears throat> and I just think, you know, a little bit of that plus the fact that maybe Australia being so restricted and, and closed off and it's just a limited supply in that regard, even though you still get some from, from Europe and folks like uh, Paul Harris over UK pythons. But um, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I still hear a lot of those old myths and rumors today when I'm speaking to folks like, you know, what they know is only that they get like 10 feet and they're these big, you know, bitey sort of like arboreal snakes. And, I'm not saying in the wild there isn't a population of these large southern coastals that can get huge that eat like small possums or wallabies or whatever, but like in the United States population, on average, they are five to seven foot snake. Um, right. And you can really directly influence that with your husbandry and your feeding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the more people that are experiencing them and opening up to them realize like wow these things aren't what i thought of and um yeah these seem uh these seem like interesting snakes so there's a lot of a lot of missed opportunity there for people but maybe they're not the right snake for everyone too like some people right. prefer stuff that's four feet and under and and so then a carpet python doesn't really fit that mold you know yeah what I, I recently found out, not recently, well, obviously it was, I think right before I brought Nick Mutton on the show, that people, like the Nido is real familiar, Nido is real popular in carpet collections, and, and, and it's a well-known thing in the carpet community, but they don't like to speak about it, and I don't understand, yeah. what's, what's that all about? I don't know, man, I feel like it's always been like a dirty little, like shame, there's like a lot of shame attached to it, um, I think, you know, it's always been one of those things where like, especially early on when not a lot was known about it, it was kind of seen as like in the same realm of having mites. You just don't want it known out there because even if you get rid of it or if it's not true or something, just a whisper of it can hurt reputations. You know, a, a reputation is a really big thing with with folks who either live and die by breeding or are just coming up in it or, you know, reputation can can mean something um in some instances and and so i think people are scared to have their name attached to that and it's really sad because i had a, a small population of snakes about i think it was only it was limited to, to one pair it was two actually and i caught it uh that had nido and that was like six or seven years ago um and i was able to isolate it and it is it sort of weeds itself out um if you know cross-contamination protocols and and knowing how to isolate animals and look for things and disinfect and quarantine and all these different different little things but ultimately especially when nick was talking about it he made some very good points and and i've talked to other folks that have worked with like philippe de Vogeli, who do a lot of testing in in that regard yeah. and morelia seemed to be the the more prevalent genus of snakes 
where it's been documented, but it's also been documented in everything from like turtles to skinks to, you know, you name it, but carpets just for whatever reason seem to have a propensity for it, but they also seem to, to live with it um, quite well. Uh, and I guess it's pretty similar to like the asymptomatic chondros that, you know, you can have like a whole uh, NIDO positive population of chondros that thrives, you know, they just, you don't want to blend them like how Cody and Pia do it with their, uh, the separate group, you know? So carpets just seem to be in that same vein. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it just comes to a little bit of, a little bit of being embarrassed and, and ashamed of something slipping in, but you know, when it comes down to it, it's just human error. It's, if yeah. it's new, we don't know better. So like, you know, got to learn from it. So. Yeah. And I know, man, shout to the, the Patreon group chat. And I'm blessed to have someone like you, a part of that family, just because you bring such diversity, like the carpets, like we're talking about, and you're showing stuff that. Like man, that carpet you just recently got is fucking filthy, bro. Like that, oof, that's up my alley. You know what I mean? Because you don't see yeah. stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah. But you know, do you feel like it's just a matter of time where maybe people like you who are working with the cooler, more di uh, unique stuff is going to kind of get the popularity back cracking again with carpets, or do you think it's always going to be like the short tail python game or other species that are just going to always have like a just a low key type of vibe to it? I think somewhere in between that. I don't think it'll be yes, as right, Let me ask you, right? You would want them to get more popular, right? If it was your call, like, would you want them at least like a little bit more popping? Or oh, definitely. How would you want it? Yeah. Oh, okay. definitely. That's that's the whole goal with uh, my YouTube channel is that there's no Carpet Python content being consistently put out there on YouTube. And so right. that's always been like my underlying mission is at the very least, even if it's like a, a boring, uneventful video, if it's, if it's consistently got... A, a theme of carpet python even just you know even if it seems somewhat repetitive to me mm -hmm. putting it out there is good because i'm constantly having folks discover the channel and new people come on and finding it so even if it's repetitive to me or i gotta remember it's it's still being put out there in perpetuity and so there's always people coming into it newer and so just stay stay pushing the gas pedal a little bit but if i'm being honest I think they'll never reach, you know, like ball python or even hognose status. They do have morphs, they do have localities, but they are a touch in the size where it's like, it does take some consideration in terms of space for an adult, um, if you yeah. want to do a nice cage. So like, it's not as simple as going to mom and dad and being like, hey mom, can we just throw an adult carpet right here in my bedroom? It's like, wait, that's yeah. a four by two by two at least sort of thing. Um, so it takes especially, a little, especially if they're getting a young one, they're more likely getting a nippy one because they're all like that. They're all little, like little kind of like spazzy. Yeah. That's you know the I mean? other thing too, especially if, if you go to somebody who's like really just trying to hustle them out the door and they're really right. fresh They They haven't really got the experience yet. They don't really know what being cared for is. They're just like trying to process stimulus on a daily basis and they're very instinctual even multiple multiple generations out like some are better than others but you know carpets right out of the egg will bite you sometimes um and they eat really well but yeah eventually they settle down but yeah i mean they're i'm not gonna lie i would i would be lying to you if i told you they're the most tame amazing pet snake ever no i'd say like 75 percent of them are um and you can really quickly figure that out. But the one thing that I always tell people is a baby can always be handled and socialized and worked with. Um, so even the the nastiest ones can at least be 
manageable for a breeder standpoint obviously that's not ideal for somebody who's just looking for a pet but like i've had folks hit me up and they say hey i just want something pretty i want it as a pet um and then they put money down and they're like you know i'm not in any rush to get it would you mind just handling it for a couple weeks and i don't do it often but for for people who like i know are really nice or if it's the right situation um going to like a kid or something like that i'll definitely do my best um but i try to let people know like you know, they're still scared. They're learning. We're a really big potential predator and a threat to them. They've got to really learn these things. And so if you just kind of work with that understanding and and kind of take baby steps and treat it like daily socialization and training, you'll realize very quickly that they're very intuitive. They're very engaging, very active snakes, and they can be some of the most fun animals to just handle and hang out with. They're not going to be like racing and ripping all over the place. Like you got to like a, a, a striped racer running all over the place, but they're not just going to sit still um, completely sedentary. So they, they're kind of in between. So, yeah, you know, I mean, there's just, you know, we're talking about like species that are on the underrated list, you know, or on, I guess the un, unsung hero type list. Um, and there's like, there's a few colubrids out there too, you know, not hog noses, but like oh, yeah. I know there's more colubrids out there that, that I feel like will pick up steam with time. You know, I just mentioned my buddy's podcast, JD, the, a colubrid corruption podcast and he's kind of like yourself as far as like you know he, he knows what he likes and he's gonna fucking just go all in on it you know and and let people know about it and whoever wants to roll with them rolls with them you know um but with with you like have you always kept production steady or have you've been kind of just like taking it slow or like where are you at you know compared to how you were like three four years ago as far as carpet python productions go shoot i mean the last three years have been like my most exponential um growth in terms of production wow it's, okay yeah it's it's interesting because i've um you mentioned psychotic exotics earlier they were the, the sort of like the premier california west coast carpet python breeder right. um, that by carrie king he has since dissolved the business and sold it and todd's off doing his, his thing and and you know todd and i are still very close and we keep in touch he is a he's a mentor and a great friend of mine um mm -hmm. love that human being to death um he showed me a lot, um, taught me a lot in the early years. But uh, yeah, when I was first getting into it and learning, I couldn't just peg one like subspecies or one particular like I didn't want to just start with jungles and, all, and then grow from there. I just I was just like in love with all of it. I was like, I need that. I need that. I need that. And and I sort of had my quick realization of like, don't do the Noah's Ark syndrome thing again. And and so I kind of built a few different pairs and, and slowly added some things and learned and and got rid of some like lower animal, lower quality animals that I'd gotten early that maybe I wouldn't have picked up if I'd have known what I know now. And um, yeah, over the years, it was like a clutch here. And one year, maybe I wouldn't have a clutch of carpets and I'd have a litter of rainbow boas. And then the next year, I'd have two clutches of carpets. Um, and then the next year, maybe like, two or three and it was kind of like that for the first four years and then i had so three years ago i had like four clutches two years ago i had five but half of it didn't go and then last year i had nine so Whoa. it was kind of like if you're graphing it it was a pretty steady mellow and then just shot up and if i really wanted to this year like if say we weren't in a financial recession and and people had money and they were buying snakes like it was going out of style 
I could potentially pair as many as 20 female carpets this year, but I'm going to go for maybe half that. Right. Uh, so that, and that's mainly because you're, you know, you're, you're kind of being real with yourself as far as, um, because obviously, you know, okay, even if you want to, like, that, I mean, that potentially could be a lot of snakes. Like, that's, 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 that could be a, a, a wall full of holdbacks or, or stuff, stuff that you have to, oh, yeah. stop, right? And then at one point, you got to find homes for them. But right now, it's kind of a finicky time to do that, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the most undecisive time right this very instance because we're also in the time of year where it's like the middle of winter, the start of breeding season. People are kind of trepidatious given the current economic standing. And then it's like you can't – some people are kind of done shipping to most places. So it's like you got a stock of animals from last season that are still here. You can assume some are going to go out once the weather gets better. But how much are you really willing to bank on that? And then how much space does that leave you? And then how realistic is, is it that next year will be any better? Um, so you definitely have to take a lot of that into consideration. And, and I think when it comes to live animals, you owe it to them to not put them in the position to be slighted. So yeah. you know, maybe it's best to, to push a project a year back or something like that. So what I'm, I'm prioritizing this year are like new things that I haven't done or like a couple projects that I really want to take to the next level because I can this year, but then there's some other stuff that like I could certainly breed, but um, yeah. you know, I still have some from last year or like, you know, I don't want to have 80 of something like I could, I could pair a bunch of pop ones and have an ass load of pop one carpets, but you know, how much space do I have? How much time do I have? How much do I want to spend? Yeah, right, Riley, knock off all the species you could breed right now in your collection. Can you can you just knock those off off the top of your head right now? Corn snakes, Krebos, Brettles, Pythons, Darwins, Poplins, Coastals, Jungles. Uh, that might be it. Because I, I I did slim down on a lot of species, man. Right. I used to have like Dumeril's boas, Amazon tree boas, rainbow boas, tons of stuff. I've got. Why did you let go of those? I'm curious. I like those a lot. I'm just curious. Why did you let go of the Amazons and the rainbows? Uh, Amazons were space. Right. Um, I I got them in, and, and I was expecting to be in a bigger a bigger place by you know a certain time, and it, that just didn't work out. And then. Um, yeah, man, I had I had meticulously put together a really nice pair of damn near patternless yellow neonates, and uh, after about two years, the the space crunch became real, and I ended up selling them as a group to Jeremy Turgeon. To, so shout out to him; he's got them, so they're in good hands. Yeah, that guy's killing it right now in the fucking Amazon tree bow game. Yeah, him and uh, Randy Piggies, big big yeah, shout out, guys. Shout out to Randy. Randy's um, so yeah, that was more of a space thing. I love Amazon tree boas. Absolutely love them. I have a couple Corallus books that I just, they're just, they're a wonderful species. They're like the boa equivalent of carpets. Of course, I, I'm naturally drawn to them, but it was a space thing. Same right. with the Dumerals. But the nice thing about the Dumerals boas is we have some at work. Um, we're going to inherit a, a breeding pair from a family and we've got some of the offspring. So I kind, I kind of get to scratch that itch at work. Um, but yeah, if, if I had more space, I I wouldn't have curbed myself so much. But ultimately, what it came down to was like, oh, this carpet needs to to upgrade, or I, I this project just became available, and I can't miss out, or 
whatever it is, I've got to get this stuff in or got to get these next generation animal or whatever it is. And when you got to make a tough call, you got to make a tough call. And that's, that's what I was saying earlier about being real with myself about like what my true passion is. It's, it's carpet pythons. When it really comes down to it, if something's got to leave between this and a carpet, the carpet's staying. Right. So, so do you think people should be scared about breeding right now? Like, you know, meaning like almost convinced not to do it because I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you have something that you're trying to build, like, I shouldn't think, I mean, I don't know. Like, okay, let's, let's be honest. If you breed, you want to make money. I, I mean, somehow, at least at some point. At least to pay like, for itself. Yeah. Sell those least, right. that you don't want to keep to pay the food bill. But, but that, but the thing is, I feel like it, that it doesn't need to always be the same year you make it. You know what I mean? Like you but, should always have like a foundation first and foremost and stuff to build off of. And I feel like some of the most successful people who breed anything are successful because they don't stress about selling anything like they they have something where they're happy keeping it regardless if they sell it or not and they don't push the envelope you know what i mean um but what, what do you think about that no I, I i think it's it's a valid consideration um you know the climate it can't be ignored as far as financial end so if your goal if your goals are financial that needs to be considered but yeah like i don't do this for uh, a living yet i don't know if that'll ever be in my future and if it is i'll take it as it comes but right now it's still an expensive hobby that pays for itself and then some but um yeah i have the luxury of being able to just not breed something this year whereas other folks who do it for a living like nick he's gotta you know he's gotta produce a certain amount every year to pay bills so i think it really comes down to like the individual species and, and what sort of market you're talking about and and how many other folks there are competing for you know whatever amount of sales there are available or potentially available and just you know gauge it and do your best guess like the way i'm looking at it is last year was my my biggest production year yet and i've still got some left over i'll probably move some once the weather gets better but i should assume that next year will be not any better if even the same for me personally i feel like that's like last year if I produce that much, that's the most I should aim for. And honestly, probably shouldn't aim for that much just to be on the safe side, because you really don't know. Things do come in waves and it'll come back around. And like carpet pythons, there's not a ton of people breeding them. So the competition isn't necessarily there, but competition is, isn't also a bad thing, you know? So yeah, I think it really just comes down to what species you're talking about. If there's a lot of people producing them, then pump the brakes. If there's not, then you're probably safe producing a, a decent amount if you'd like. Yeah. I mean, I think we are here in a day and age where there's so many different outlets to use to kind of show people your work. Like, you know, you hustle YouTube and you advertise your shit. You have yep. Instagram, uh, but Morph Market, man. Let's talk about Morph Market and, and, and what happened with Morph Market and how you feel like not being on Morph Market. Is it going to really have an effect you feel like long term with you? All that stuff. Let's let's get that. And let's just hear what happened from you, though. Like what happened with you and Darian, the whole Morph Market thing? Yeah. So it started with uh, I got a message on uh, an ad for a baby and the guy just, you know, was like, hey, would you take 300 bucks? And it was a four hundred dollars thing. And I just I I told myself instead of getting into a, a verbal thing and saying something stupid that I regret, just just, you know, block them or whatever whatever just don't get into it and so i did so so you never responded you just blocked them like, was this yeah. like a <laughs> yeah which you know 
Which is fine. I mean, I, that's, I, that's, I don't know. I mean, that's a nice way. That's a, for us, for uh, for you and I, how we are, that's a nice way of going about just saying, I'm not going to sell you a snake. That was my thinking at the time. Some some days, depending on how I'm feeling, I, you know, depending on how I'm feeling, if you ask me that question, I might not feel so confident that that was the best decision. But regardless, that's what happened. And right. then um, and I think I took like a... I don't remember if I screenshotted it or if I just wrote something and, and put something in my Instagram story that was like, don't lowball, don't be this guy or something like that. Um, something pretty like snarky and, and not necessarily <laughs> productive. And uh, let's see what happened next. I think, <laughs> I think next thing that happened was another friend of mine sent me a screenshot of Darian's Facebook page with a screenshot of my story and then the conversation and the, and the sales ad from the gentleman. Cause I think that gentleman reached out to Darian and sent him that rightfully. So obviously I'm in the wrong in this regard. And so Darian um, compiled it into a collage and posted it on uh, his, uh, his personal Facebook page. And so same, some way, did, same way he did Bill Stiegel, same shit, right? Like you're yeah. So about- some of my friends saw it and sent it to me and they're like, what's going on with this? And so I'm, I commented on it and I was like, I, I don't remember. I wrote some long thing. I was like, it's really easy to talk shit online when you don't realize I'm actually watching um, something along those lines. And I've never met him. I've never talked to him before. And so my reaction was like, you're talking shit. I'm right here. Why not just message me? And then also, how are you discrediting me bashing this potential customer when you're screenshotting these things and bashing a current customer, which is, you know, me and a paid morph market subscriber. I was like, that's pretty, that's pretty much pot calling the kettle black, like Webster's dictionary definition of hypocritical. And he didn't like that. So he deleted the post and then made a very vague tongue in cheek, something about like violating terms and policies of morph markets procedures will get you banned. And I was like, that's funny because that's exactly what you just did. I commented that and then he blocked me. Um, and then I got suspended for 30 days and everything was deactivated. And then, uh, I don't think he liked that. I was still making a lot of sales through Morph Market ad after that, because I still had open conversations with people. Yeah. And so I was still able to like Mark sold, Mark sold, delete, Mark sold all this stuff. And I was, I was being an absolute asshole. I was like, ah, it's funny when you banned me, but I'm still making money off your fucking platform and this and that. And I was absolutely so, so you 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 could have just let it be and just made your sales, but you're like, fuck this guy. You went back in. You you wanted to rub wound on the salt a little bit. So you're, Ab- absolutely rub salt on the wound, I mean. Absolutely. Bit. Yeah. When I'm in the heat of the moment, man, I'm I hear I'm, you the same way. I'm running into battle headstrong with my helmet. Not a good on. thing, dude. But I know but I know how that's how we are. It's just like it's yeah. like almost the thing we can't yeah. but anyways continue. Yeah, please. And and then obviously like you just said, like thinking about it right now, cooler heads prevail. I you know, I really wish I could go back and, and not have done any of that. But I think that's kind of where where the um I think that's where most of that between him and I went, I think. Right. Because yeah, it was kind of dry after that, like he he cut you, you shut your your thing down, and yeah, out, right, and yeah. What you do, like you couldn't you couldn't even communicate with them no more, right? Weren't, weren't you trying to like? I mean, I I probably could have if I really wanted to, but like at that point, you know, I'd made my point as far as I was considered, and then you know that's when sort of I've enough time had elapsed, and the other 
you know, the other version of me on my shoulders, like, hey, man, this is kind of a dick thing to do. Like, this is drama. You you really oh, don't want to be involved in drama. Drama sucks. It makes you feel bad, right? And that, and I was like, damn, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I started thinking about it. And uh, so I reached out to the 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 guy who um, uh, who initially inquired about the sales ad. Yeah. And uh, I apologized to him. And I was oh. like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not me, uh, you know. And so we talked and we squashed and we're all good. And and so, like, you know, I repaired that as which I was really grateful for. He did not have to do that. Um, but he's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, man, it is, it's more of the like learning as I go when I lose my, my composure sort of things like that, where I'm like, damn it. You know, the next day I'm like, shit. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, okay, a few years ago when, you know, first when we first knew each other, you know, especially me, man, I lost my composure a lot in the beginning and it, I could get away with it. Cause who the fuck are we? You know what I'm saying? But as we progress and as we, earn people's respect and we earn like you know we start mentoring people then all the shit we do matters now you know what i'm saying oh, it's much um, more public too it's not only public but it just affects the people who fuck with us and i never like after i went through my shit with earlier this year of trying to get canceled for being a bully I, I but I realized how much I hurt my own people because oh, yeah. they were, they were getting fucking like shitted on for supporting me and sure. so I know there's been times where because how you feel and you know you say I'm just gonna go on this fucking rant like you know it, it just affects a lot more than just us now you know you're realizing that because now you're starting to like holy shit you know if like if you would have yeah. never told me Riley like yeah like you know fucking Darian like if you were to play victim right now somehow and and, and never said that you hit that dude up apologizing this would have never really shown that you are looking at things like I don't want to be like this and I don't want to fucking like continue this path because like you said someday if this was a, a all-in fucking 24 7 job for you and you did nothing else why would you want to fuck up a potential customer like that like yeah like, you don't know how much money he really has and who knows well, it's, and it's 100 bucks i get it but man fuck you get a lifetime customer for 300 bucks dude you know what yeah. i mean well and then the other side of that too is like i put myself in his shoes and i'm like man that would be shitty to like feel that sort of of uh, a response in one way or another and uh, really early on, um, Kyle Harper. I don't know if he's still watching. If he yeah, is. I, was, I mean, I, I have that. Trust me, I have it on the simmer right cool. there. Cool. Yeah. I was, so I was gonna so, drop that in at a perfect time. But go ahead. Yeah, I'll bring it up. I'll bring yeah, it cool. up. Um, so it's in the same vein. Another one of my, uh, we'll say, a moment of piss poor judgment. Right. Um, and. Before I get into it, I, I didn't think I had ever talked to him or knew him before. And I looked back in previous messages and it looked like he had hit me up, asked me about Exanic Tiger. Wait, do you know this guy? Do you actually know this guy? Uh, not personally, just through. Okay. So he's, he's a real person, though. That's cool. Because I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, no, just cool. a real person. Um, right on. Right on. Shout uh, to so I didn't know who he was. And when I was sick with COVID, I was home bored and I was on my phone and I saw his uh, hypocostals up for sale. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had got some bogus story through some weird channels, I think, uh, unless it was just like COVID fog and I'm making it all up, um, that those ones came through like a suspicious like breeding that got mixed up from the same breeder, but like information across some details that like I are so like not well stored in my brain that I can't even like verbalize them well anymore. Um, and then I made a really rude, um, again, Instagram story thing about like, oh, be careful buying, uh, 
you know, random hypocostals labeled as pure from people you don't know, which is like, first of all, me caring about what other people are breeding is stupid. Second of all, it's none of my business. Thirdly, I really didn't know what I was talking about. I thought I did, but I didn't. And, and I, and I even was like, Hey Nick, is this, you know, bogus? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I just ran with it. And, and it was obviously really stupid looking back at it. Uh, And again, no, not having the presence of mind to think about like what my, like, I guess not necessarily words, but like what my, what I'm putting out on the social media stuff with how many people are paying attention, how much it can influence somebody's decision-making or something. Right. And so basically I, without knowing him, knowing him shit on his snakes without knowing what I was saying. And, um, that sucked, man. Like that did not go well, obviously. Um, rightfully so I deserved everything. Um, you know, I, I still haven't even gone to the Facebook group where he made a post about me, but I've heard enough about it and, and that's fine. Um, I deserve it, but, um, I did want to try and apologize to him and I reached out to him to try and apologize to him. And I don't know if I got my details mixed up and he still thinks I'm lying or anyway, he still thinks I'm lying. He still thinks I'm maliciously out to get him. I don't know if I've like mixed up what I've said and made some crazy story and his, I don't know. I really don't know, but I legitimately tried to reach out to uh, a mutual friend of ours. Jason Balin was like, Hey, can you tell him, uh, I'm trying to apologize to him because I went on Morph Market during that suspension and I saw one of his ads and I commented and I was like, hey, man, this is a really beautiful snake. Um, you know, I apologize. I don't want to get your hopes up. This isn't like a for sale inquiry, but I just wanted to try and reach out to you. The only way I know how to get a hold of you and apologize. So um, I, for whatever reason, he still thinks I'm lying about that because it didn't show up in, in his inbox and it's not showing up in mine. And I don't know if that's because I was suspended Mm-hmm. Um, for that, I don't, I don't know what the message parameters were, but other messages were working anyway, hundred percent of it was my fault. hundred percent of it could have been avoided if I'd just, you know, taken my day and passed the fuck out with COVID and shut up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's dude. Most of the times it's us not shutting up and that's when things go wrong. We, you know, but yeah. I mean, my, I will say, okay, even though I, I feel like it was kind of ridiculous, me being trying to cancel for being a bully, like the end of this time last year, man, I didn't give a fuck. Like I just, I, I knew there were certain people trying to like antagonize me and put me in thumbnails and I just let, I let them fucking have it. But that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted that fucking, that moment, you know, but also it almost seemed like I was using my platform to just shit on people because people who did sure. people, people who never really heard my podcast was, were coming we're getting set my podcast of me just talking shit. And so it's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, well, hold on. That's not what my podcast is all about. Like I will fucking shit on someone if I need to, if it's necessary. But like, there was a moment this time last year where that's like, it was, it was fucking, it almost seemed like I was out to get people. Cause I didn't give a fuck. I had, I was over, I was, I was over, but sure. it also made, it just made what I was doing kind of look bad because you yeah. know, I, I did build this platform all about the animals and now I'm really fucking, making fun of bottom feeders and people who aren't even relevant you know what i'm saying and and giving them their fucking time of day where they're like oh mj talked about me and they're so like i made their fucking year doing that you know what i'm saying um but it was just it was not worth it so i didn't know if this kyle harper was even talking to me like i had no clue who he was even talking to that's why i was like is this 
this guy even real? And so, but either way, like, I feel like less is more. What this guy's saying, I don't think, because you and I, man, we have so rel we have so much relevancy towards the animals. So we we don't we really don't need to talk shit about nobody because we got right. too much, we have way too much going on personally with our own shit to be kind of concerned about. You know what I mean? 100%. So, but but also like I learned I learned big time, and I'm still learning. Like, trust me, there's times where I'm like MJ, pull it back a little bit. Like, I I never specific I never try to throw specific names out there anymore because it's more mainly a group of people. Like bottom feeders is a community. People who are like Samson neglectors. I know I wasn't supposed to say names, but I'm just saying those are I like agreed upon one that we'll all accept can be right. Said. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's why it's kind of like it's a give or take where man, less is more. I don't think this hobby needs sure. any bashing right now because we're not the best looking hobby right now. Like we have we have a lot of stuff to clean up, man. Um couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I don't know, like one thing to kind of keep daring in the conversation, like he seems to be really after exposing stuff that isn't right at shows and i i feel like well that's kind of a good thing don't you think yeah. but then again you have people writing on the whole like well that's going to make us look even worse and I, what, what's your take on that like and also what was your take on the whole samson thing and people just making content off it like i was one of them obviously but i want to hear your take on it bad uh bad vendors and people like the biggest piece of shits in the world like samson you know what i mean like let's talk about that Okay, so we've got two things. Okay, so the first one, because I feel like I can get through this one quicker. <laughs> Darian's, um, is it safe to say it's, it's a goal or an objective of his to, to get rid of bad vendors? Is that what I'm getting at? Say that again? He's go, He's trying to get rid of bad vendors at shows and stuff? Or just in general? Well, there was, okay, there was a Nile crocodile, something like that, that he was showing off that, like, yeah, people were, they were pissed off about. They were, like, kind of mad for him, throw, like, showing that off. You know what I mean? So, uh, one thing I will say, when showing things off, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. A, a picture can be taken out of context, or a video clip can be taken out of context really easily. And, you know, just give everyone the benefit of the doubt i think weeding out bad vendors is a, a healthy practice and should always kind of be done to a degree where it's not like uh you're shouting from the mountaintops getting the attention of of people outside of the industry because that becomes sort of like airing your dirty laundry out where it's not needed but a healthy approach to to getting rid of that i think is isn't a bad thing now is it one person's responsibility no is it a community responsibility yes what does that mean i don't know i don't know if i don't know what that shapes up to be the initiative and and the intent behind it i think has good heart and, and it comes from a good place the rest of it i think it, it i don't know i'm i'm not i wouldn't be the expert to be tapped for trying to do it so i i don't know if i have that answer but um I, I just feel like there's already fools who are down to do that. I don't think the owner of Morph Market should be doing it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in every circle of species, we'll say, let's just say like every species has a circle. There's enough people that sort of self-police on their own. Like the Morelia hobby has always been a big proponent of self-policing, um, you know, its own, its own issues. Um, and so I think that just kind of happens naturally. That's a human nature thing. And so I think that's probably where it should stay, although... I don't see anything wrong with it being like an organized effort in some fashion or there being maybe a standard, but yeah. uh, I think sometimes we, we, we get a little lost in whether or not that's any of our business or 
if we're doing more harm than good and every situation is different. So that's yeah. where I stand on that. As far as the, the Samson thing, um, I think it was good to have the entire community rallied behind not supporting that level of neglect and animal abuse in any way, shape or form. I think people from all niches and sectors of the hobby came together and vocalized their opinions in a really big way. And I thought that was impressive. But at the same time, here we are today, he's still posting about breeding snakes. He's still got retics. He's still doing things. He moved to a different facility, dodged, whatever. I don't know the details and I don't want to know. But um, yeah, it would have been nicer to see, like, let's say the volume on this was at an 11. We turned it up. We cranked it. Um, I, I don't know if the rest of the world outside of the reptile hobby heard about it or not. I didn't hear anybody outside coming to me like, whoa, did you see this? Like, yeah, of course I did. I'm in the reptile world. I saw it. I didn't get any of that, but that doesn't mean it wasn't happening. But I would have much rather loved to see folks that have the power in the retic community to do something about it. And I don't know what that means either. Those could just be. Well, it's like, how do you, okay. My thing was like, why even give a fuck when the, the most powerful people who could really possibly do something, I guess, or do something closer, don't even give a fuck. So it's like, and mind you too like there's just so many different samson's out there like samson got caught like that's what i say like samson is an idiot and he got caught but there's so many people out there who are just the most terrible fucking keepers by any animals and they just they just have them and there's not much we can do about it like um but my thing is like do we continue to expose it like like do we do do youtubers or reptile content pages and whatnot continue to make fucking like little mini documentaries out of it and almost doing like netflix's jobs you know what i mean yeah i mean i think everyone's concern with that is will it have greater ripple effects and cause legislation that restricts the rest of us and penalizes those of us that aren't um doing that i think that's everybody's greatest concern is if we say too much is it going to blow back in everyone's face i yeah. think to say nothing would be wrong to do nothing would be wrong on the opposite end of the extreme, right? So I think somewhere in there, there's a there's a balance. I don't know what it is or where it is, but to, for me to say nothing is wrong, but at the same time, I didn't make any videos about it because I don't feel like I had any dog in the fight other than being part of this reptile world and taking that personally in that regard. I'm not a retic keeper. I don't know all the information and all the ins and outs. What I know is what I've seen that's been shared publicly. So for me, I didn't feel like it was something for me to speak out on, but I was really, really, I guess, encouraged to see so many people speaking up on it over a length of time where it wasn't just a little fluke thing, even though it, you know, you look back on it and not much has changed, but maybe i'm wrong maybe some stuff has changed or maybe it's in the works in the background and it'll happen hey, i mean dude we'll never see we'll never see him at a reptile super show so i'm cool with that well you know so I mean? yeah so okay so then i'm wrong things have changed it's it's yeah. been public enough where he's he's oh yeah you know, robbie robbie booted that fool he's fucking shit. yeah he's on that. i was there the i was there at the pomona show where he was there i remember he was there and I, I, yeah, I couldn't believe that. I was like, dude, this fool's here. And, and, then he, so, and, then he, and then he was on Cusco's fucking. <laughs> yeah. So much love to Brian. I hope he's feeling better. Um, yeah, he, he came up to me that weekend and was like, 
so there's a lot of controversy about Samson and him being here. Like he already had like wildlife officials called on him at the show for having dogs in a crate in the back and all this stuff. And it was really controversial. Um, but Brian, you know, he's very neutral. He's when it comes to like his, uh, his reporter face that he puts on, he's really yeah. good at being neutral and just kind of, he's Hawaiian bro. He's Hawaiian. He's yeah. He, he, he's all, he loves everybody. He loves the earth. He loves everybody. Yeah, so I told him, I was like, look, I respect um, giving everyone a voice. Everybody's opinion deserves to be said or heard or whatever. But I also told him, I was like, just know that, you know, this, this is going to piss a lot of people off now and later. And who knows what's going to happen. Obviously, everybody loves you and won't think you're of any ill intent, but... Yeah, you know, just think about it, and and I didn't give him an answer one way or the other because, like, I understand that like everybody's voice is worth being heard a little bit, even if you know it's manipulative and and full of lies and shady. Like I saw it, and it was a, I've never seen a guest lead the interviewer with questions. Like he would straight up be like, "Yeah, ask me, ask me this." Ask yeah, me this. it was like weird, dude. I was like, "Wait a minute, this is like his thing." Like it's dude, like. It Arrogant, chest yeah, bro. And I was like, dude, and even he, his, his answers weren't even answering the question, and he would dance around it. And like, bro, what the fuck? And Brian was just like, all right, just like he just let him. Brian was shocked. Yeah, you could. He see was deer in headlights during that interview. I'd never seen him so at a loss of what to do. He was like, okay, yeah. just roll with it, because like, remember, dude, that guy's face was printed all over the fucking show by uh, yep. El Segundo, uh, his his yeah. wife fucking blasted that shit everywhere and and yeah so it's it like, it's like go ahead i'm sorry it's a big deal i remember that very well oh. that was a big deal yeah and it was crazy how and how that aged that episode you know what i'm saying because now i mean i remember going back seeing yeah. the amount of views it had and it gained like another it almost doubled in views because of the samson thing people went back and started watching that you yep. know and yep. and that and that right there, and man, well, you want to talk about evidence on how this fucking person is, his mentality. It's it's it says it all. Even with the shit that he get caught, he got caught with, you know. So, Dude. yeah, man, I don't he, know. He, he, if you ever want to see a a, a sociopathic narcissist uh, create his own interview through somebody else, go watch that. Um, yeah. And yeah, Brian got a lot of unnecessary flack for that, which. I expected was going to happen and I'm sure he expected it too. And if there's anybody who can handle it, it's him, but yeah, anybody who's like pissed off at Brian about that shouldn't be because no, hell no. I mean, come on. he yeah. only just gave him a voice for simply being an open, neutral human being like, look, here's one side. Here's the other. There's always two sides to a coin. Even if one side is full of shit and a malicious animal abuser, let's hear it. Yeah. Somebody has to hear him. You know what I'm saying? So, but the thing is, it's like, I, I can't even stand to hear him. Like, I, I can't finish that podcast now at all. Like, I don't know. No, no, no. I, I, I didn't even go back and watch it because I lived it. Yeah. I lived it. I was yeah. right there. And the, the one thing that stands out to me is his greasy, slick back hair and fucking ponytail oh. and just his. Oh, dude. Nasty, bro. I get, I get like fucking, I feel yeah. like I have spiders crawling on me. I yeah. feel like I have fucking no. youths. I feel like I have used like, fucking meat on me or something by <laughs> um now man i mean i don't know but there's so much more stuff to be 
proud of, I guess, you know, as far as, uh, you know, on the, on the other end of the spectrum, what we're talking about here, we have people who are just really about the fucking epicness of keeping sick reptiles, like rest in peace. Let's just talk about Forrest Fanning real quick. Rest in peace, Forrest Fanning. What a guy, bro. Remember that guy, man? Let's talk about him real quick. Talk, <laughs> talk about his fucking Instagram page, Zoo Dreams, which was a dream. I remember going to that guy's page, just scrolling and just thinking he does. He owns all this. Like, yeah. This is fucking nuts. And that's when my taste for the finer things in life all started. And, and, and I'm not sure how you remind me how you and Forrest even first became about and whatnot. Cusco. Cusco. Cus was Cusco? The, wow. Dude. Cusco was the catalyst. So um, I'd been filming for him at shows for a while. And Forrest came out to, I think it was a Pomona show. must have been. Um and he told me, hey, Forrest is going to be there. Uh, I'll introduce you to him. We're going to do a, do one of his talks. And I had seen him on Brian's channel from when he went to Indonesia with Barjek. Um, uh, and then when a few other times on his channel. So I knew of Forrest. And I knew he was an encyclopedia for reptiles. I knew he was brilliant. Um, and I knew he knew a lot of other brilliant people. So to get to be around him was probably going to be a pretty impressive treat. And so I was scheduled to film for Brian that weekend. And so I filmed, um, I don't remember the year, the date, but if you were to go back through Brian's triple B TV video archives, I visibly remember Forrest wearing a bright yellow shirt that day. <laughs> and the reason why I remember it is because I was like, this dude's like big bird over here. Yeah. This Big yellow shirt, but he knew, he knew everything that was thrown at him. He was like, you could tell his brain was going faster than his mouth, and his mouth was trying to keep up, and he was doing a really good job, and he's just, you could tell, like, he lived and breathed for his obsession with these animals, yeah. and he wasn't just one of those people that talked about it and read all the books. He, he did it. Yeah. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. And even if it was something that he wasn't like, it wasn't in his wheelhouse to keep at home, but he had somebody like right next to him that like would kill for that animal or it was a rare opportunity. If they didn't buy it, he would buy it and put it in their hands or their collection. So they would do right by it and just have like a, a an owner emeritus thing with like that, that reach dreams um, line of retics with Garrett. And, right. and he did that with, um, he's done that with a, a bunch of people but like uh you just know somebody when you first meet somebody and they have that kind of energy and they're like knowledgeable they're wiser beyond their years and then they're almost like philanthropical in, the, in that way like force if 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 anybody was introduced to Forrest, he would take the time to introduce himself and right. and literally whatever your introduction was that oh he keeps this and this he would have something and and it would just be like off to the races in, in an amazing conversation about something that you probably never heard of that was super valuable regardless of whatever species it was and yeah. if you're lucky it would go on for hours um yep one of those people that could talk for hours and so i remember that interview and filming it and because they just stood there all i was all i really had to do was just make sure um 
all the mics were still running, the cameras were still on and still in focus and everything like that looked good. And so I was able to really digest that conversation and just sit. And the thing that I take away from it, other than force in his big yellow shirt and just this, this glowing presence, dude, like I have this image burned in my brain and he just has this energy coming out. And it just, I remember it being like one of those amazing conversations where you like, don't want it to end. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. But you couldn't repeat it if you tried sort of a thing. Right. And so the, the show wraps up go to the auction everybody's had dinner and whatnot and then i remember that night we stayed up in the lounge uh with a bunch of people and we're just that when, was that when cusco was wrestling andy andy gabs no that was a little bit later i missed that okay. show okay it All was right. i think it might have been the next show actually right. no i'm wrong that was that, that night was, right you're correct you are correct that was that show that Dude. was so. And check this out. Look what I found, man. I was while you're talking, I was trying to dig through it, and I fucking found it. Look, is this it? is this what you're talking about? Was this the episode? I remember that one. Very, was it, very was it a different episode or same episode that we were talking about? The no, the one that I filmed was when was at Pomona, but I remember this episode because this was one of the first times I saw Forrest in anything, and it was on Cusco. Yeah, this was the first one where I was like. Dude, this guy knows everything about everything. I haven't even heard of half of these species, and he's he can recite a book on it. Dude, hey, dude, Cusco's such a legend, bro. Like, if you if you really kind of just go back and look at the catalog of Triple B TV, he has had so many fucking epic people on his channel. And and I know I go by the coolest reptile podcast in the world, but dude, this guy right here to me is the goat. Like, he he set the fucking foundation for me. I'm not gonna lie, and he's still. He still has brought people on. I, I could probably never bring on it because not only that, they're not even here no more. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like that that right there, Brian. If you're listening to this, you are the man, bro. I've always said this. I've I always remember said this. When, the man. Uh, I remember when Brian only had uh Noah. Eli wasn't born yet. Yep. And he had one rack of snakes in his closet <laughs> that also had all the clothes that he and his wife shared. Right. And Hillary was just a saint from day one about everything and still is to this day. And then I remember Eli being born and coming into the picture. And then I remember Brian getting his first stack of those big retic cages and we put them together and they like were this far from the ceiling. And it was like this sketchy ordeal to get them up the stairs. And yeah, man, like that. Uh, yeah. I remember when, uh, when I met him at, at Pomona and in, in a hotel lobby, uh or the elevator lobby something like that like yeah. fuck, i don't even know how long ago and it's just yeah and then i i dude he's literally been the catalyst for so many of my long-standing friendships in the reptile world now that i think about it like people that i talked very closely like been in their weddings been in my wedding type shit yeah so, and those those, uh, those type of people are important because they're good people who only keep good people together you know what i'm saying um and like i said he's he he's been in multiple different situations with him supporting me and then other people who support him not supporting me. And 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 Cusco is always, you know, he knows how to think for himself, you know. And and what sucks, Riley, and I know you could definitely agree to this, that we are in a fucking day and age where people can't think for themselves. They they can't yeah. make their own, they can't make their own judgment, their own decision. They can only go off what they hear. Um now you and I, man, fuck. Oh, man, I I feel it was it was kind of like a whoa 180 thing because I'll never forget the first time 
you told uh, you told I, I remember it was about an import all right and you know the, the, the importer we won't mention his name but it was an importer <laughs> he had a shit history right and he was our he was our friend and and Forrest wanted to mention something on a podcast about it and you're like no like you're like that's not you're like you're like you're like fuck that or or maybe he did i can't remember he, he i can't remember what it was i think it was coming on i think you guys were trying to bring him on or something something like that and you were just like pissed and so I, and I was like, well, you know, I almost was like, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I was like into the drama. I was like, yeah, yeah. fuck, let's, let's do it. And you're like, well, no, no, I'm trying to keep that. Like, I told you that in secret because I don't want, I don't want drama. Right. And all I remember was like, well, if Riley's upset, Riley's upset. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really give a fuck, but Forrest cared a lot. Forrest was like, MJ, we like it, it was messed up and I don't want, and this is, was the first time. And I wanted to just tell you something. Okay. I'm a hard headed individual. As a lot of you guys probably already know. Um, it, but it's hard for me to fucking listen. Like it's, it, I have to really fucking like you for me to listen to you. Okay. Forrest Fanning was one of the very first people where like, if he was talking and telling me something, I soaked up all the game he gave me and I kept my mouth shut. Like he was the, like one of the first people. And when he told me how important you were to him, I was like, well, I stopped myself and my energy with being like, well, if Riley wants to act like that, who gives a fuck to where like, wait, hold on. Then I need if if Forrest says we got to be cool with Riley, then that that is important to me too. So I I'm, I'll never forget I made amends with you, and I remember I was kind of being the the hot head, just go fuck yourself in a sense. But I was like, no, nah, hold on, like I just cared about that, and that I always cared about that, right? And then we lost Forrest. Okay, we lost Forrest. I was like, Forrest left a fire within me, man. Like when he left me, the only reason why I ever did this podcast is because of this podcast right here, Unfiltered Reptile Podcast. He gave me the courage. And then I just felt like it was in my destiny to just go fucking all in. And then when I started going on all in and things started happening, I noticed not only with you, but just other people, I was losing kind of like support in a way. Um, but with you, I, I don't know. Like I know, I've, I know. There's been times where I've come at you sideways, but we like kind of forgave each other and, and whatnot. But I don't know where things really went wrong with you and I, um, because I felt like when I was like, "Damn, Riley, my own homie doesn't fuck with me no more." I, I that's when I became a little bit of like I got all hardened and I became cold and I and I became quick of cutting people off after that. But I'm not sure what it was, and 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 I've you know I know you and I've come a long ways, and we're you know we're we're we're, we're, we're we, we we talk to each other, man. So I'm just trying to see what it was out there that i did to kind of almost do a two-year beef like a whole two-year beef of us not fucking with each other and and really like you not fucking with me at all and like and and i know there was other people out there who didn't fuck with me either and they were kind of like egging you on but i'm just curious on how all that shit went down it wasn't anything he did dude it was all me that's exactly that's why you're so confused because you didn't do anything that i went through a really weird like two-year, three-year phase, two different times. That window, and then more recently, I, I had another window, like a couple years ago, where I was just not happy with where I was at personally, and it just manifested in everything else. I was unsure about where I was at with work and whether it was going to work out long-term and things weren't going well and, like, you know, just, like, all these stupid things that, I didn't have a handle on my own understanding of myself to be able to see that that's what, what was, you know, causing me to feel so upset to take this out on. And like, 
yeah, like you said, a couple things were just misinterpretations and like we ended up squashing them, but it sort of didn't resolve it. It's because I was still, I don't know. I was just still in my angry zone, you know? I've gone through waves of that and uh, and I recognize that nowadays. And do you, do you yeah. remember, do you remember, do you remember when Barcheck? And mind you, this was, <laughs> it was I didn't I didn't want to do this, but I did because Barcheck offered it. But remember when I was trying to do the news for Barcheck? Like he had me do like be a part of that YouTube channel where I was gonna come out with like a weekly news. Do you remember that? It was like three year, two years ago. Do you remember not that? you mentioned it, I do. Yeah. And then you said something like we're like, I'm not you're like, well, I'm, I'm you're like, I'm never watching this fucking channel ever again. And and oh you know, yeah. And I was like, at first I was like, Oh, great, like here we go. All my haters are gonna come, but then Barcheck was like, okay, and like and I was yeah, like, that's all he wrote was yeah, he just put like okay question mark <laughs> and, and I was like, holy shit, but but that right there, that was when you first like let me know publicly, fuck MJ, I'm not cool with this guy. And and dude, I went flighter mode, man. I was like, fucking let's like you know, like and, As you and should have. yeah, Maybe. but I should, but but honestly, that I I mean, because how much a piece of work I was then, like I, I definitely shouldn't have have like I should have just been like hey it's unfortunate that's how he feels but like I said when it's that close to home Riley and like I said I you and I forced we had something you know what I'm saying so when it, it's almost like as if Steven were to do that to me so sure. it that's why like I take it like I wear my heart on my sleeve especially with my closest friends and when my closest friends do something like that I don't know how to react but to just go fucking ape shit you know and but but like I said, it was more like, well, what did I do to this fucking guy? Like, what, like, because I, I know there's been times where I did, but I always apologized and said, Riley, I should never fucking talk to you like that. And let's continue. But then, you know, and, 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 and Riley, I don't want you to get offended. Okay. But I really, no. I really, I really was convinced only because the things I was seeing that, that you were this Bob Smith that was writing these fake emails to Desiree saying that, that, that you yep. better you better drop MJ or I'm gonna stop giving you business. He's the worst person of the hobby, and that that fucked with me too, man. And that's I I made a whole movement out of that for two years. Fuck Bob Smith, and then and then I'm thinking, you know, it's pretty clever. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> because it it, dude, it was my fuel. It was my fire. It was catchy. Yeah, <laughs> and it's also because it was a fake. It's here we are, a fake person writing someone who just lost their husband. There, she's she's like on a, she's holding on and and i'm trying to keep her a part of this podcast and now there's this person going in writing fake emails saying mj's the worst person in the industry you better drop him he's no good all sorts of stuff and and that's why i was like fuck you know what i mean um so all i know is like dude not enough people are able to be man enough to fucking just sit here and talk about faults and the best thing I don't know if it was Brandon Wheeler. All I know is like once I found out that you were like just like, hey MJ, like fuck this shit. I don't, I can't like honestly, my mind is so going crazy right now. I can't even remember what it was for us to stop to start fucking with each other again. And I think it was about this time last year, something like that, right? Can you remind me like what it was? And and I was yeah. so happy, like I couldn't believe like you're just like coming to me like just saying, dude. I don't, can you refresh my memory because I'm, I'm 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 racing right now. I'm sorry. So I don't remember like if it was like I saw something of yours on social media, and it was like right at a time when I was like maybe being more open minded or something like that. And Brandon and I were talking, and I think I think it was because I knew you and Brandon were tight, and so I was able to ask him questions about like, excuse me. You're good. <laughs> oh, what, what's this? Like, I could, like, I felt like I could go to him, and be like, what the fuck, sort of thing. And then 
Brandon is always very um he's sweet bro. He's, he's neutral he's fuck he, he tries very, to be neutral bro yeah very neutral very level-headed and and another one of those people that like every time i talk to you i feel like i learn more from about how to be more composed in in certain stressful situations or whatever it is and yeah he just kind of like wasn't down to to listen to my my venting bullshit and he was like hey man he's actually not so bad why don't you just try like you know something like that like one of those like hey man why don't you just bear the hatchet and like try being open mind something like that you know and uh and i think that's what it was and i remember exactly where i was when i called you or texted you and then you're like call me in a few minutes i'm doing something and i was leaving um i was leaving the kaiser offices here i was getting a prescription updated and i was getting my anxiety meds all squared away because that's another thing that i've been doing over the last few years is um just realizing that i have extreme levels of anxiety that manifests itself in weird ways where i i like get upset at things and and that's you, you know you snap basically yeah it's a part of it the other part of it is like i've inherited my dad's like uh oh bro like i'm i'm a mini version of my dad bro because my yeah. dad like, i love my pops but fuck he dude he's a pistol you know and, and yeah. i'm and i i always knew like fuck i'm like my dad you know but i oh, i see i tell myself like you don't want to be like this dude like you better yeah. you better start now and i know we're you know shit i'm 38 you're you're you're, you're younger than me right 34 oh fuck god so you're 34 bro so like this is stuff where they almost say like once you're at i don't want to say it's this age where they say it's too old to change but it's not it's definitely no. not too old to change you just got to recognize it and you got to fucking obsess to not want to be like that no more you know yeah you got to want it yeah you got to want it yeah the thing it's not is, easy think, either rightly it's not easy when you're like this your whole life or majority of your life or whatever it's not to change bro like i'm life. here I don't, I've always been quick to just fucking take a person's head off, bro. And and yeah. I don't. But now where we're going in life, it's not the move. We can't. We can't. It's not. It's not feasible. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that's the, that's the other thing too. Is like after Brandon talked to me, and I was and I started thinking about it because like he got me at a point where I was like, I'm open minded. I'm listening. I will explore myself. You know, I'm happy to explore myself and be real with myself. Um. That was when I realized you and I are very, very similar. Um, in in terms of like, we have loving, passionate fathers, but we we've, we've inherited like a a level of like intensity from them, and like yeah. sometimes we don't have the off switch. And I and I see so much of that in you, it, it, the same in me, right? No, for reals. It's and so I, <laughs> yeah well and so that two years where i was like just randomly like for no reason like i'm literally kind of processing this and thinking it out loud right now i guess let's see if this feels right saying it um i guess i was seeing somebody who was so similar to myself set on like a trajectory to do things that I wanted to do, but like wasn't was doing it the same way I was, but it wasn't me. Right. Something like that. Something you wanted, like you that. wanted you wanted the momentum that I had if the shit that I was taking off with is what you're the saying. momentum and then I also I also think I was sitting there being egotistical going, well if it was me I would have done it like this or something like this. Right. Your own way, right. But you're yeah. you're mad yeah. that it was my thing, not your thing. And and 
and or, or that was maybe one of the many things i guess right yeah yeah i would yeah i would say that's probably the right way to like put that into words there yeah, yeah. so but you know how do you feel now though man i mean like i, I don't know like because like i said like it, it here's the thing with me man i i feel like first and foremost, if I don't respect you and you don't like me, I don't give a fuck. Like I don't, okay, sure. like I, like it doesn't matter to me. But you, right. to you, it always matters. Like I would always, like you know, I have people out there that I haven't talked to you in a while, and I would, I, I still hope there could be something where it, we could bridge things back together because I feel like it's worth it. But again, if I don't respect you or I don't care if you're not a, a, an effect ever in my life, I don't go do your do your thing. Like me, don't like me, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but when I found out that Brandon was able to kind of glue us a little bit closer together, and once we had that conversation over the phone, man, it's all we needed, dude. All we needed was just to talk to each other and think about how many relationships that could have just been worked out like the way we worked it out of some of the biggest names in this hobby. Like, do you know how, do you know how many people just are just, they, they can't, they're so fucking full of themselves that they can't find it in them to just be like, you know what? Let me call that person and 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 let me fucking figure this out. You know what I'm saying? Because Riley, let's be honest, us fucking with each other, that's only gonna help growth. Like that's how's that gonna do anything but help us grow what we're doing? Because we're, we're we're working together now. Now, now it's not you know, the, there's no line drawn in the sand. You know what I'm saying? Because that type of shit out there, like it, it's unfortunate because it's always gonna be out there, but people like you and I don't need any lines drawn in any sands. Like we have people like us have to work together, bro. Like we have right. to. You know what I'm so saying? another another forest story that ties perfectly with that is um, one of the times I was hanging out with him at a show. It might have been that same show. I was in one of those phases again, where like if I saw something negative, I had to say something about it. Right. And uh, over the years, I've kind of gone up and down with how I, I feel like I should or shouldn't be a fan of Brian Barchik because one, there's a lot of, depending on what circle you run into running weird shame and embarrassment for being that because like you're too mainstream. That's lame. Right. Which is stupid. Okay. Yeah. Stupid. Um, and so like, I remember meeting him a decade ago when he still came out to the West coast and he took the time to like pose for a photo while I fumbled over getting my damn camera to work or whatever. And super nice. And, and over the years, you know, seeing some of the things he did and and thinking that like i need to be vocal on on my social media as somebody who, who might care you know i think i remember one video he had some like baby cobras on the ground and was like trying to get them to hood up and they weren't hooding because they're capricorn and bread and they didn't really give a shit right. and he was just trying to like get them to do that for the display in the video and i think i commented something and forrest saw it and so when we were hanging out at the show he's like hey man i think it's really shitty that um that you uh that you got to focus on the negative things and, and have this negative take on on brian you know when you know all this and that and and i was like so at that point in one not i wouldn't say i was like intimidated from criticism of force but like if he was going to criticize me i was like oh i'm definitely wrong if he thinks i'm wrong i'm definitely wrong this is bad yeah. sort of thing and so he kind of put me on game with that but he put me on game in terms of a perspective yeah and and I'll never forget that. And yeah. ever since then, I was like, wow, he's totally right. That's he's how it was with like not only telling you as a person how to act, but even with animals, like he just always tried to put, he always tried to put you on game. That's all what it always was. And that yeah. 
And dude, yeah, me, you know, you know, we all force wasn't perfect, but he had perfect information. None of us are. But he had perfect information. Like he gave you good advice. Maybe the advice that he didn't even take sometimes, but he always had the good piece of advice that you want to listen to. You know what I'm saying? He, I mean, he was somebody that as soon as I figured out where his head was at and where his heart was at, was like, I want to be around this guy as much as possible. Yeah. It was one of those infectious moments where you're like, okay, Forrest Manning isn't just a, a person. He's somebody. He's, he's, he's yeah. like. And I always want that. Here's the thing. I never want that guy's name to die out ever in my life, bro. And I don't, yeah. I don't fuck. Like I'll, I'll, I'll do, I'm about to start Zoo Dreams merch again. I don't, I'm got, I'm, we're bringing that name back, bro. That's all I care about right now. You should. I mean, I, I would like to think that we'll be able to look 40 years back from now and his name will be widely recognized as some of the most influential people in in our lives in terms of reptile folks like you and I. Yeah. Even if people didn't get to meet him, folks that will come later, I feel like there's enough of his influence around in some of these circles that they'll still feel his presence and his influence on a lot of the projects and what he set in motion with like, you know, um, all the all the alligator lizards and just everything they did with abronia and and the rodent game that they turned upside down and I mean, that's that's probably the most legendary thing is the what he was able to do with the rodents you know like he dude, just he built, like he built something so legendary which dude i want to say shout out to mark bailey you know mark bailey mentored that guy right um so yeah he, he's really i mean force went to mark on how to fucking figure all this shit out and he and he, and he did he took took mark's information and turned it into cold butter cafe man um and, and you know i want to say uh man to do that in the in the industry like back when he was doing it pretty fucking crazy and just just a normal guy just a normal dude you know what i mean oh man just to think what he could have accomplished if he was still here is just how do, how do you think he would feel if he was still here like how how do you think forrest would look at everything that's happening what's happened i mean how do you think he would feel i he, think right now he would be well he was a great family man so he was he when lars was born that was like i've never seen somebody care about yeah that changed and, everything for him bro yeah as much as like he did with the reptiles as his son right um, and Most his family um fuck, dude um i think um I think he would be very much involved in just trying to keep spreading positivity. I think he would be right by Barczyk's side with the, the legacy and helping him take some of the work off his plate. I think he would be doing Animal Con and turning that into For sure. something monumentally – it'll get there on its own, but yeah. I think he would have accelerated it further. I think – I think he he would spur and inspire the an entire generation during COVID to love these animals. And as soon as COVID restrictions were up, I think he would have inspired everybody to go travel and see all these things in the wild and yeah. and and really do some amazing work at home if that's the only influence you can, or at least just support folks doing it. I mean, it's just everything that came out of his mouth was so supportive and positive of like all the right things it was like i was just i always knew what to say you know like 
He's smooth. Right <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I I feel like uh, I didn't know him long enough to. Oh, dude, me neither. To feel as privileged as I do to have known him and, yeah. and to have him have spoken highly about me uh, to people. I mean, it's just like, it's one of the most, like, it makes me want to fucking cry right now, you know? Like, yeah, man. But like, it's like I said, it's, he's so important because somebody like me my whole life who had issues just listening like man if i took advice from like back in my sports days to even my music days like i, I if i would have had a forest to just connect with and i had great advice i just didn't listen i don't know what it was about me i just didn't want to fucking listen but forest changed all of that and we would have three four hour conversations not four hour maybe two three hour conversations over the phone it just i would just and it would be him talking the whole time and i'd never been in a position where i never wanted to speak like, I'm just like, dude, just you need to shut up and just listen to this guy. And um, and like I said, man, I value that man so much is his value to me is what kept us together, Riley, because I know myself, if it wasn't for Forrest putting the respect that he did on your name back when he did, I would have never saw the uh, true value of who you really are to this industry. Um, but only, you know, only Forrest Cusco, man. Cusco, really good friend of yours as well. I mean, you've only... I've only known you with great people in this industry, bro. Now that I think about it, Brandon Wheeler, Cusco. So I think you are, no matter what, Riley, I feel like you can make a lot of mistakes, but people are still going to love you. And you already know that's the case because it's with me like that too, right? We're all here trying to grow, but you have good people around you, Riley. Um, but be better for them. You know what I'm saying? Just like me. Like I, I love that I'm probably the dumbest in the room when it comes to like my, my mentors and people around me and I'm good, but I also want to become better. I want to hopefully maybe become something influential for them someday. So never just like set yourself lower standards um, because, you know, at the end of the day, we have great friends. Like we have amazing people around us, bro. So yeah, you just totally, are, I've, I've got like goals written on a piece of paper that I literally look at every day and it's like, just it's up there. It's just be better. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, people think motivation is what you need. Motivation helps, but you need purpose. The thing is, it's a purpose. Purpose builds motivation, true. right? But, that's like, writing goals, like, that's a fucking, like, you need to, man, I would say I'm doing shit I do every morning that if you would have told me a couple years ago, this is what you're going to be doing, I'm like, dude, fuck that corny shit. I ain't going to be writing, and I'm not saying no affirmations to myself and write, dude, ever since I've been doing that shit, everything has changed bro like yeah. if you want something in life you have to write it down it's simply as putting it on a fucking paper and posting it but you have to manifest that shit and you have to make that dream become a reality just by already believing in it like you already have to tell yourself it's happening you know what i mean yeah and once you've written it down you put it into the into reality it's real it's on paper right. if you don't have that if you people like us Riley, if we don't have that our lives are aren't too great oh yeah dude I have to have I have to write things down or put things in lists because like I'll just lose the day, you know. Like I might be productive, but I'm gonna forget some shit, or it's just not gonna go yo right. Right, but you know, as far as like, okay, I want to talk about something real quick, Riley, because I see so much potential of you not only being a full time reptile keeper, but you have the presence and you do have the information, you have the energy to really put shit out on podcast platforms like you know i know you had carpets and coffee or coffee and carpets how did i say that right yeah carpets and coffee what was the last episode you dropped on that how long ago how long has it been 
couple years. I think I got it into the fifties and it started with, um, it started because we had just moved up to Sacramento like a year or two before. And I was still like, kind of had enough free time, but didn't have anybody to connect with in the community here yet. And I was still trying to figure it out. So I just started doing these random live streams and figuring out YouTube and sort of forcing myself to do that. And then it just grew into a thing where I was doing it every week and sort of the same people were turning up and it became fun. Kind of like anybody who's done a live stream will tell you, like if you got a regular audience, it's pretty fun. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's a great time. So that started and then and then it sort of like opened me up into the the NPR guys and Morelli Python Radio and podcasting and all that stuff. Even though I was like I was sort of becoming like an NPR groupie, like listening to all their live shows and commenting on because they used to just stream them live, but then have like a Facebook chat for it. And so I used to hound the host during the live shows as like a, an eager beaver kid, you know, or not kid, but like a, a new Morelia face right. like you know just like and like if you go listen to older recordings from like seven years ago or whatever eight years ago you can you can hear uh them owen just stopping going no riley damn it <laughs> just saying <laughs> shit like that but i just became like a an obsessed sponge with it and so um yeah they and then they started growing and i was like man they need to I feel like more people should hear this. There should be more of, of a production for this. So more people. And so it turned into like exploring, uh, doing more shows. And then the idea of a network sort of came about and having other shows under one umbrella brand. And, and, and it just sort of blossomed into that as the same time as the rest of sort of the reptile hobby was kind of figuring out that there's all these other creative outlets for content in, in the podcast and YouTube world. And so um, then it, it morphed into uh, me sort of becoming like a part-time staple within the NPR crew. And we moved carpets and coffee under the umbrella of NPR. And, um, and then my work schedule changed. And, and at the same time I was feeling like I was doing too many things at home and work and my balance wasn't good. And so I was like, Hey guys, my work schedule is changing in a month. And I didn't want them to move their scheduled days for podcasting and stuff. So I just let it like kind of just ride and go. And I just bowed out essentially. And over the last year and a half, I've just kind of mentally struggled with whether or not that bothered me or not. And, and it doesn't um, because they've taken it and done more with it than I could have. They've gotten a coffee sponsorship out of it. They like make it another sort of low key, less, intense level of production and standards that and it's like more of a free-flowing NPR sort of a deal with more fluid you know topics or guests or whatever sort of thing and so it's a little more low-key and so it's people love it and I and I don't want to I don't want to change anything for that but you know when I pulled away from podcasting on like a once or twice weekly basis what I found was I was able to achieve a stasis with my routine and everything here. And then now I'm kind of at the point where like I can fit YouTubing video stuff in weekly and other social media stuff and everything else. And so like, I don't know, I kind of sometimes find myself itching for more. <laughs> yeah. You know, you get props to those guys, man. Cause those are also like kind of pioneers in the, in the, in the, I guess, podcasting scene or radio station scene. Yeah. Um, but it's also like not easy to do because, oh. like I said, like I said, just because like to have the balls to start a show and, you know, even if you're in the game for only like what 
five years that ain't shit like they, i mean these guys have fucking quite the resume and i like i said i only had the balls to start this podcast not but unfiltered because forrest was like i'll back up the information you just be the mouth and i was like well fuck i could do that you know what i'm saying um but at the end of the day man dude I mean, I, if, if it was up to you would, would you have your carpets and uh coffee sessions still rolling out on on a consistent basis if you could like just you know make it that way right now or are you happy with, are, are you happy are, are you happy with what with what you're doing as is you know that's a good question i would say since they've done so much with it afterwards and done a great job with it and they've got cold-blooded caffeine involved which they do um snake discovery coffee and a few other that coffee really good let's be honest anyone tried that coffee because i'm, Dude, I'm a, I hear nothing but good things about i it. love coffee i'm Dude. a big coffee guy so if that thing's bomb i might have to holler at them you want to hear the ironic thing is like yeah, part of funny. my um part of my personal journey to like control some of my like impulsivity and some of the things is like i cut out caffeine for the most part and wow. I, I can't dude, I, I love caffeine too much bro. bro i still love coffee like it's it's yeah. part like i uh, used to be a french press a day every morning kind of guy black coffee or black dark. bro no no milk no Nothing. fucking sugar just black baby. all day black uh, is the uh, metal that I yeah to. i feel like i feel like i'm just like in the caveman even though caveman didn't have coffee i'm just saying like i feel yeah. like i feel like yeah, yeah. i'm a man yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just grew to love it. Sometimes I, don't even, hey, sometimes I don't even wash my coffee cup for like a week. I don't even fuck, fuck. no. It's like a it's like it's like a cast iron skillet. You let that sucker build up some flavor. You get the yeah, yeah, you get yeah. your chain link scrubber and you don't use any soap or nothing. You just let that sit on there, you scrub it off and just wipe it, pat it, regrease it. So, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because like so wait, how long have you been off wait, how long have you been off coffee for now? over a year oh man and did that hurt in the beginning like like did it was this was it a struggle um it was a struggle because my body was getting used to it but honestly i had like i don't know if it's biologically possible like i'd love to speak to a, a doctor but i think i drank so much coffee that my stomach started rejecting it to the point where like i would feel like nauseous drinking oh, coffee that's not good and I, I i literally quit cold turkey it was like whoop done put everything away and was like that's it Damn. and uh i think a week or so of like my stomach adjusting and then we're we're good to go and nowadays like every once in a while i'll i'll indulge in like uh one of those like energy drinks that's like part juice part you know. see that right there my body rejects like i i feel like because i didn't start drinking coffee till like i was like well in my 30s you know what mm -hmm. i mean I, I didn't give a fuck about it before then but before then I was partying. I was fucking doing pre-workouts. I was fucking drinking, right. fucking slamming down energy drinks. And I remember the energy drinks started hurting my back. And I started oh. like looking. I started looking up shit, and they had like stuff that like deteriorates your spine, bro, or something disgusting. Oh. Energy drinks are terrible for you. They are bad. Celsius is probably the closest to the cleanest, best energy drink you could get. Red Bulls, Monsters, all that other shit are the devil. It's just really bad for you. I think. Yeah. Words one every now and you're you're at a fucking you know a fucking goddamn six flags or some shit you're having fun whatever but i'm just saying if you're somebody who wakes up and drinks a monster every day or if that's a part of your regiment oof man dude i know people that have two or three a day and i'm just like you ain't gonna make it to 50. <laughs> so so what so how, dude i'm curious man because i feel like you and i need coffee and I, I mean, i'm just convincing myself but now 
what do you do? What's your what's your routine when you wake up? And let's say you feel a little groggy or something. Like, how do you feel? Or, or what do you do? So I set my alarm way earlier than I need it to be. So one, when it goes off, I'm not immediately stressed. Like, shit, I got to get up. And yeah, so not I a hear That's the alarm and I go, I'll snooze it for a few. Right. I'll snooze it for a few. All right. That's two. That's good. I'll get up. Or sometimes I'll just be like, dude, you did that yesterday. Get up. And and I think what I found is leaving myself time in the morning reduces that feeling of like, ah, and that immediate like, oh, I got to feel better. I got to get my head right so I can do this and this. It, it kind of gives me time to like, oh, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go sit on the couch. Oh stretch play, say what's up to the cats oh, i'll go to the bathroom now oh maybe i'll eat something oh, i'll watch something on youtube oh, all right it's about time to go flip the lights on in the snake room you know and kind of just like take my time to to like wake up a little bit but the biggest thing for me was water um Ooh, wake water. Up morning and just have i have a quick it doesn't even have to be a full glass just a little thing yeah. of water and if that's the first thing you put in your body uh to start the day I, I started telling myself that I'll feel better. And I think I might have read it somewhere that like it makes a big difference what you first put in your body to start your day. And it probably has greater implications. And I'm like way oversimplifying it. But I just got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to the first thing I put in my body every day. And I'm going to take my time in the morning. And I'm just not going to rush because that's when I feel like I don't have time to process and sit and like. Yeah. If my stomach's upset, go take some Tums or drink some water. You know, if I'm just rushing, 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 then I don't have time. And then I'm already at work and I definitely don't have time. So it really just came down to waking up earlier and having a slower pace in the morning. Yeah, and making sure I eat something and have some water. The water is so I think that's the biggest key is what you're saying, man. That drinking the water, as soon as you wake, when you go to sleep and when you wake up, I feel like the water thing is yeah. important. Um, <laughs> Just a little, like a finger of water, just, just something. It, I just, you know, we we don't drink enough water in today's day and age across yeah. people in general. I mean, here I am with beer, and you know, in the morning there's like Gatorade during the day and coffee in the morning, which dehydrates you. You know, there's all these things, and so we're like, oh, but I'm I'm taking all these fluids in, and and you know, throughout college and partying and all these things you know it all comes down to like oh did you hydrate enough did you take a liquid iv or did you drink a bunch of water beforehand or here have a gatorade and i just kind of realized it was like it's all about making sure you've got sustenance and hydration so yeah. if you if you knock those two boxes off you should be good and and then just finding what you, what your body's parameters are and i just i listen to my stomach i listen to what what's going on in here and just telling yeah. me like, hey that felt awful don't do that again <laughs> like don't eat that whole thing of cool ranch doritos at night yeah see, my, my thing is i'm excessive like i will abuse something right like that's just my natural fucking yeah. that's my natural just what i am I, you give me a little i'll take a fucking mile that's just it's unfortunate but that's how i am and Thank one of the things one of the things that i used to do like i, I remember forget when i was you know during COVID, i think is when it all started but I was like, wait a minute, this is my job. And I will never forget when I got let go because of COVID, or the, my, the store got shut down. I was like, well, I'm getting unemployment. So I'm going to pretend like the podcast is paying me this money. So I'm going to treat this as a job in a sense, right? And so yeah. I would wake up and I'd be like, well, what do I have to do? I was like, well, technically, like I got computer stuff to do. I could get high right now. I could smoke right now as soon as I wake up at 6 a.m. or whatever. I could drink coffee and get all jacked, right? But man. Yeah. 
I would have crashes. Like I would, I would like, I would have an energy from like six to 8 AM and then 8 AM would come I'm like, I need to go back to sleep and I'd be asleep for like four hours. So then what I learned is like, Hey idiot, how about you don't drink coffee right away when you wake up? Like give yourself, give yourself some time to wake up first. And, and, and mind you, I just now changes within the last year. So I'll wake up and I won't have my first cup of coffee till like three hours after I wake up, I'll basically make myself earn the cup of coffee. And sure. then by that time, when I have the coffee, I'm already sort of up where it's kind of making me our like, I'm like, Ooh, I'm already kind of like wired right now. So you don't um, need as much. Cause when you, when you're drinking coffee and you're dead ass tired, what are you going to do? You're going to drink that shit. And it's like, but then putting your cat much caffeine in you so soon, so quick is what gives you such a hardcore crash. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's you know, the coffee crashes are the worst. I fucking hate that shit. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, and then also smoking too. Like, God damn, I abuse the shit out of smoking. Like getting fucked. There's no way I should. Why should I be at five dabs before 8 a.m.? That don't make any sense at all. <laughs> I know how that goes too, man. It's just one of those things where you're like. Less you're is more, bro. Something builds up. And so you you just, without even realizing it, you're like, no, uh, you know, this is what I need in order to feel what I want to feel. And it's, it's just like you like oh you could you could bring 19 females if you want to this year but why why do like it's like not necessary in a sense like yeah. like like you know just because you can do it doesn't mean you should and and oh, I'm, I'm just so weird bro. life lesson <laughs> you, know what, you know what i'll do bro oh my god like i have like i have my i'm a fat kid at heart and i'm still kind of fat but i'm just saying chip ahoy cookies right that's my thing and i take a whole row like if you notice if you open up chip ahoy's there's two rows okay my one chip ahoy session is one row for sure. I need all that. And then I That's put it in a drink. <laughs> I take all those cookies. I used to break them up, but I don't even break them up, break them up no more. But I take that whole row of cookies. I put it in a fucking glass bowl and I put milk in it and I drink that shit. I eat that shit like cereal. It's the bombest shit ever. Now, mind you, if I do that now, I'm not, I'm not going to be feeling good. I can't pull that shit off anymore, bro. I used to, and it was great, but now I, I remember when I hit 30 and then I had a, a pizza and I thought I about died the next morning. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> I used to my stomach, put a whole loaf of bread and 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 a whole thing of pizza down and uh yeah but um no I I'm the same way man like I can't I can't do that shit anymore <laughs> like every once in a while I'll indulge and then the next morning I'm like bro we've yeah. talked about this yeah you can't eat gummy worms by the bag anymore. oh bro yeah i keep the sweets man because my <laughs> wife like my wife will every now and then she'll have like this like sour fucking craving and she wants like sweets and and she doesn't abuse any like she knows how to do it right but me like i'm like oh you got we'll be in bed i'm like oh you're eating sweets and i'll be like give me that bag and i'll just fucking murk the whole bag yep. and yep. and then I'm, i i'm going to bed feeling good right i feel great going to bed but i'll yeah. wake up like oh my god yeah, destroyed you're like, why like, am I? Why did I do this? <laughs> I can't. So candy before bed is mer not chocolate. I can mer chocolate, and I still get along very, very well. And I'm so you know, there's something to be said for that. Chocolate does. You know, they always said the, the old adage, everything in moderation. There are some potential health benefits to like pure cocoa and small amounts. So like chocolate will give a pass, right? But obviously moderation. But dude, I'm the same way, man. Like I'm a, I love um, salty, crunchy things like savory salty crunchy game over like the the extra toasty cheese it's oh game over dude you want to you want to hear something bomb right now at costco you have a costco obviously by you right okay if okay guys i at first thought my wife was on crack when she was like hey try this and it's like a bag with caramel caramel popcorn with with cheese puffs or it's a cheese it's like a it's like a cheese 
popcorn, but it's also with caramel candy. And I thought, why the fuck would you want that mix? Bro, that shit right there is like crack. It is the bombest fucking combination I ever had. It's a huge bag at Costco. It's a caramel popcorn and cheddar popcorn mix. <laughs> it is so bomb. Bomb. Okay. That, that bag lasts for three days. I'm next trip next trip to costco i must be sober otherwise we're gonna have Dude, problems you you have to brush your teeth afterwards or your teeth start to hurt like it's <laughs> it, it's that much bro it's it's super super bomb i gotta tell oh, you those sound delicious it sounds like right up my alley man yeah costco is dangerous man you yeah. want to talk about a bang for your buck man two dollars a hot dog and a drink bro <sighs> like if you're on a budget and you're just like i'm starving oh my god go go to costco you're good so so in college, uh, I went to UC Santa Barbara, and where I lived in Isla Vista, there's a Costco literally like a five-minute drive. Like, you just – I've walked to that Costco before I've been so hungover and desperate. That's how close it was. Um, the the chicken bakes back before they shrunk them oh, down. Yeah, oh. bomb. Bro, I used to live at the Costco food court. Yeah, I'll never forget, man. I'm never, I forgot what it was, but there was definitely a time where I was like on a commission based job and I just started and I was struggling, you know, because obviously I made my money off commission. So, like, I'll never forget, I was like, damn, I got like what six bucks in my pocket. And I was like, oh my God, Costco and <laughs> two, two hot dogs in, bro. And I'm fucking just like the best, happiest person on earth, man. Oh, and those are good hot dogs. Yeah, because it, it reminds you of like the stadium dogs from like pot. Dodger games and like you know these games and shit like that. Nationals like good, good ingredients, like really good fresh buns. Like bro, Costco's. Yeah, shout out to Costco. (laughs) We need a Costco sponsorship on here. (laughs) Oh my god, that's all I need is fucking dude. Man, shit's bomb though, man. My combo now though is slice of pizza and a hot dog, and I'm fucking. Look at the calories. Not that I give a shit, but you look at the calories on a pizza. There's more calories because this cheese is that much more fattening than pepperoni, I guess. Oh, maybe they just load it up with an ass. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you would think, oh, I'm going to be healthy today. Let me just do cheese. No, motherfucker. That's the fat move right there. Just so you know. Uh, just filling up your <laughs> even more. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The meat. Um, I got a wrap-up topic for you. And I have uh, Hot Seat Questions 2.0 for you. So we're going to end the Ooh, podcast cool. style, okay? But wrap-up nice. topic for you right now. Um. Let's kind of help anyone out there who's just coming into this kind of have something to be excited for because we all know, Riley, people dump money into whatever project and then they what do they do? They have to wait, right? But people don't understand that the waiting game is the hardest part because you're seeing other people be successful. You're seeing other clutches be dropped. Hell, you even see a snake be produced that you're waiting two years to make, right? But how do do people stay in the zone? How, how, How do you not worry, like especially if you're just trying to, wait for your moment but you're just you know you're waiting how, how do people say keep their head in the game and not be distracted by what other people are doing which what's your advice for people out there that that is a challenge today with with social media being so right in our face i would say if if you're if you're in that boat take a mental note take a quick look give that person props put the phone down and go right back into the snake room and keep grinding keep Keep following the footsteps that you've you've laid down and and trust in the process. If you've set a goal, bust your ass to achieve it. And if you see somebody else a few steps ahead of them, congratulate them, support them, and you never know what'll come from that. But like, be be happy for them, and and just keep grinding and trust the process because those first couple of years while you're building the collection or you're waiting things to finally hit, 
maturity to breed yet it's it sucks waiting for everything to get there while you're seeing everybody else already doing it but trust me once you get there oh is it worth it it is worth the wait it is the best feeling on the planet and and then you'll also find a lot of wonderful people who love and support you and are hyped on your achievement too so you'll start a beautiful base of supporters around you around something that was monumental in your first time accomplishment and time is just it, it goes by so enjoy it and just trust the process yeah because i mean here's the thing when you are focused on what you have going on and it starts rolling time flies man and then you're going to realize a lot of the shit that you were kind of concerned about just isn't even because one thing Forrest he's always say to me he's a fucking laugh he's like mj you're like you're so like me 10 years ago because you give a fuck about so much shit that doesn't even matter and i'm like yeah whatever this guy's an asshole you know like but he would like just laugh at me and he's so right man it hasn't even been 10 years since i've been in this game but it's like dude so much shit really doesn't matter <laughs> but what matters is what you have control of you know what i'm saying yeah and a lot of people like like you said man be happy for other people who gives a fuck if that person produced something that you haven't produced yet it's it's not what you made you'll make a different version of it so who cares be happy congratulate them being more congratulated for someone just makes life easier man versus just being salty you know what i'm learning currently right now on a day-to-day -day basis is that putting in the effort to to feel gratitude and give gratitude back it it might take a little bit more mental work to yeah. remind yourself to do but the dividends you get out and the dividends that those around you get out are exponentially greater and it puts you on a path that you can never expect because you just you're 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 throwing your desire for control away and you're just living in the moment being happy for somebody and uh i mean what more could you ask for uh, that sounds like putting a smile on my face and somebody else's face that's that's a win-win right there so if yeah. you just it's hard and i'll be the first to say i am not good at keeping that in perspective but the folks that do that i see that are regular like they're always stoked always positive always hyping somebody else and supportive that's how i want to be that oh. that looks good that looks like it feels good right so yeah. I think that's a i think that's the way to be yeah man and you know i will say one of the biggest pages out of my book of things that i'm learning this year is like not worrying about so much of people who don't support me the way they once supported me at some point because things change man like it, it, you know first and foremost people outgrow other people um sure. in, or, in whatever way but not this everything and, and but it's part of life you know what i'm saying and, and i remember how like I always wanted people to always fuck with my podcast and and you know i mind you i've given people a lot of reasons sometimes to like not really fuck with me no more and and, and, I, and I and i i understand that but i can't let that just be something to eat me alive over and, and honestly yep. like that's like people are allowed to fuck with whoever they want to fuck with and 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 sure. i i so always care about like well you know you can't really fuck with me if you fuck with somebody who hates me but at the end of the day bro it is yeah. what it is. It, it fucking is what it is. And who gives a fuck? Like you still got someone who supports you, no matter who they support. Who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I'm still learning too, man. Like, like every day is a new day. I know people like us have to continue to do the harder thing. And the harder thing 
is keeping our shit together, bro. Like it's not easy, man. And I know it, but we that's our go-to is to do the harder thing and just let that shit roll off our shoulders. And you know, just because a lot of things too, Riley, like the way we take things could really just ruin potential good relationships with people that we don't know that we could really take off 100%. with. You, you know what I mean? So, and, and I, I would hate that. The reason, why, the reason why I wanted this podcast so importantly with you is because I want you to realize your potential. I want you to realize how much an influence you really are to people because there were over 100 people tapped in for over an hour at one point on the tonight show. So people were definitely here to fucking hear what you had to say. But you have so much going for you, bro. And and, and with me and you, we're, we're only going to be our worst enemy. Nobody could deteriorate what we're doing but ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Um but I also just feel like you definitely have already what it takes. And I know a big break is coming your way, Riley. I just have a feeling. Um, but you just got to keep your head in there, man. And, and just and just we have to continue to do the harder thing, and that's taking the higher road. Like it ain't gonna be easy because you know how people test us, bro. Like we we be tested. That's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? Because we're yeah. passionate, we're passionate, we don't fuck around, we don't like seeing things that are red flags, we don't like seeing faulty shit, and that's what we kind of go in on, but we kind of like. Like if it's not our battle, it's not our battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, that, that that is something that I have to that I am actively working on. That if it's not our battle, it's not our battle. You really gotta gotta be careful with that. And I, man, I I can't appreciate you more for saying that. Like that that means a lot. Um, yeah, it was very 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 well said and very meaningful and. I don't think you can understand how ironic it is to hear some of those words of support from you right now, just in my own head of things over the last few years. It's kind of like uh, it full fits. Circle. It's like a full circle moment, huh? You're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and it feels like the universe is playing a really sick but positive <laughs> game. Yeah, it's like, like, it's like the Grinch's heart growing. You're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's really weird, man. It's like you know when you you have like a, a moment of like almost deja vu or some weird feeling, and then like all the hair on your arm stands up and you can't. Yeah. It's Forrest. It's Forrest right now, bro. I'm telling you, he's he's patting us on the back. He's like, damn, man, thank you guys. Like this is all he wanted. Is like he wants people who have a fucking influence to to stick together like that's why like you understand how many people forrest fucked with that didn't fuck with barcheck and did forrest ever let that have a a, a damper on the relationship with barcheck no he stand okay. 10 toes down didn't give a fuck okay that's how you feel about barcheck i'm still going to his place i don't give a fuck and and he loved that guy he showed the genuine love and you you too riley like even before this whole thing that went down between you and i you were also put in a place where people were telling you not to fuck with me and and i remember when ian bessel shared those fucking screenshots and i fucking was like what shout the fuck ian. much shout love to ian shout out to ian man i know i don't I haven't talked to him in a while but god bless that guy man he's he's something else but and i know he didn't have any malicious intent he was just giving no. me a heads up but then, you know, that's when Ian knew. I was like, damn, MJ's, he's quite the head case. You know what I mean? But, but then again, that, that just goes back to the whole, like, that's when I took it and fucking made it something that it didn't need to be, you know? Right. like. And it didn't. No, but here's the thing. That's that's the story with you and I, to, to, period. You know what I'm saying? But it's not forever. And and right now, there is a clear change in both our paths, you know? Um, but you have we have to hold ourselves accountable, bro. No one, no one else is going to make sure we stay on top of our shit but ourselves. So Very you... True. You writing shit down, you figure out Riley, man, and me figuring out MJ. That's that's gonna be a powerful thing to just 
shit yeah. on any hater, bro. Like I'm telling you right now, we we get ourselves together, bro. No one's gonna fuck with us. We're unstoppable. You know what I mean? One of the one of the one of the best things Forrest ever told me was like, if you just put all that shit aside and you just work with people and just collaborate with people and just find the good in what they do and just do that, you guys, there's no there's no telling where you guys can go. Yeah, changes the whole. It changes the whole platform of, and the game plan of anything that you're doing. You know what I mean? The whole dynamic changes with by doing that. So, um, what a great and powerful podcast tonight. I appreciate you so much, Riley. Uh, two hours went by quick. I have these new hot seat questions for you. If you're cool with Let's that, do it. Okay, <laughs> guys, do me a favor. I haven't bugged you all night yet, but I'm bugging you now. Get the likes up right now. We had about 110 people tapped in at one point. So please, likes up for Riley. Hot seat questions coming in. Um, did we ever do hot seat questions on the? I don't even know if I, that was the thing yet. Yeah, it was like show twenty, so I'm not sure if you had them ready. Oh my god! All right, well, some of these might be the same, some might be different, but this is a new Good. 2023 hot seat question edition for Riley. You ready, Riley? Yeah. Here we go. Coming in hot. Favorite arboreal snake? Do carpet pythons count? It would, I mean, whatever. If it's an arboreal snake, if it's semi arboreal, so I would say so. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's why my thing is like semi. So, like, do you want me to be strict, like things that never touch the no, ground? I want to take that back. Fuck that. Chondro, locality chondros or designer chondros? Locality. <laughs> Favorite locality chondro? Uh, although I have a sarong who's absolutely blowing my mind and beautiful right now, I yeah. fell in love with Jayapuras very early on. So, I'm going to have to say Jayapura. Would you ever cut an egg or never cut an egg? Oh, yeah, cut an egg for sure. Uh, for a carpet python, what day would you have to cut an egg, you would say? After the first pip, if it's been 24 hours and there aren't any that have pipped yet, open them up. Day average of the first pip on a carpet python clutch? 53. Ideal temperatures for cooking a carpet python egg? 87. Pre-first shed meal or post-first shed meal on a carpet python uh generally post first shed i i like to let them uh sit for about five weeks honestly to let them get super hungry but wow. there's always one in a group that like won't have its first shed for like three months and you just you just feed them and eventually spur spurs their first shed just later than others for whatever reason but yeah all generally always post first shed okay what about an established neonate feed and shed or not don't feed and shed like let's say it comes with the time and you're like, well, I should be feeding you, but you're in shed. Do you feed it or do you not? I'll offer it, especially if I don't know one way or the other what the animal's tendencies are. I'll right. offer it. But if over time I found that the animal generally doesn't want to eat in shed, I'll skip them. When pairing carpets, prefer to do at night or daytime? Daytime. To spray or mist a carpet or to never spray and mist a carpet? I don't know if I've ever sprayed a carpet. Wow, humidity is on point then. <laughs> well, so I grew up being told that you don't have to worry about it with carpets. And and although we have really dry air up here in SAC where like humidity is in like the teens, I still rarely run into issues. And it's usually uh, mitigated just by having a, a water bowl with a large enough surface area. Yay imports or boo imports, Riley? That was your call. Yay imports. One reptile you would import to your collection anywhere around the world, what would it be? Apodora. <laughs> and he already has them. <laughs> I love I, it. There's no such thing as too many. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. I mean, dude, trust me. You know, I, man, I love you, them. 
I Amen absolutely love them. Yeah, what about one reptile that you could think of that nobody should import ever? Leave it alone. Don't touch Komodo it. Komodo dragons. <sighs> Respect. Yay sports or boo sports? Yay sports. Favorite sport of all time? Probably football. Nice. Favorite football team of all time? Niners. Damn it, man. I'm not going to say nothing. Like, it's we're, okay. We just, we're Raiders have my respect because they're California and the East Bay. It is crazy. I don't really understand because I'm not from – like I understand the rivalry between Raiders and Chargers. I, I love them. rivalries. I hate – but but there's – dude, there's some crazy heat between the Raiders and Niners, man. Like I never really – I'm going to be honest. I never really hated the Niners. But once I went to an Oakland Raider game, I was like, wow. Fuck the Niners. Oh, like, it, like wait a minute. <laughs> it's hostile, bro. It's real it, hostile. It's like gang affiliated. It's like, whoa, relax. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck it anyways. Um, all right. West Coast rap or East Coast rap? West Coast. Mac Dre till the day I die. Oh, that's, let's move it forward. I, I should just end it after that. It was, that, was, that, was, that was that awesome. All right. All right. Little word association. First thing to come to mind. Milk. Babies. Stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck shed. Soak. First time carpet python breeder. Exciting. Instagram trolls. Never heard of them. <laughs> FedEx shipping. Four out of five leaves room to be desired. Morph market. Used to be good. <laughs> If you had to eliminate one subspecies of scrub pythons, what would it be? Subspecies. That was a curveball, huh? Got him. <laughs> I think I, I think I would get rid of the hounds. Damn, really? Like I so they're like, a hypo, they're like a hypo scrub. I, I know personally i think they're pretty and everything but like you can't beat a barnack or a dope southern so like or a king horn eye which you can't even have in the state so like or highland scrub to rule them all it ain't one of those so damn there you have it raw but the truth from riley riley listen we had over 110 people tapped in at one point okay all here to show you love what do you have to say to everyone out there but maybe even someone out there who who knows? Maybe the paths weren't so smooth when you guys crossed and they were listening to tonight's episode. What would you have to say to even people like that tonight? I would say if I've, uh, well, it's, it's actually funny that you bring that up because I was thinking about that today. Like if there was a way to put that out there, um, I'm sorry um, for any uh, less than positive communication that came from my end and um wasn't deserved if uh if that happened and i can do better and be better and i apologize i don't expect anybody to give me the time of day after something like that but if they were to and there was anything i could offer them i i would like to think that i would be uh more gracious and considerate the second time around um having come you know, so far and, and still on this journey of learning. Um, but I would, I would say you also don't owe me anything. So if that's not in your, your interest, you're fully entitled to that. And 
and I don't want to bug anybody. I don't want to cause drama in anybody's life. And, and if, you know, somebody's interested in giving me their, their time of day and, and energy, um, I appreciate that. Um, and moving forward, uh, just know, you know, uh, I'm not perfect. I never will be, but I'll always be aiming towards as close to that as I can be. And um, if there's anything I can do to support or help anybody along the way, uh, I'd be honored. What do you have to say, everyone who like don't want you to be sorry and they just love you for who you are and they just rock with you? Like, what do you have to say to all your diehard Riley fucking fans out there, bro? Uh, you, got, the you got them. You got them. You got them. I'll tell you that much. They're the best and they know it, but I, I don't want to leave them without the pat on the back because they're they're hands down the reason why I still have any social media presence whatsoever. Because when when shit gets tough and I'm at my lowest lows and I'm like, I could just not do YouTube. I could just not post on Instagram. I could just delete all of this stuff. Anytime I have that thought, like clockwork, I get a comment or a message from somebody whether I know them or they're a Patreon supporter or whatever it is, they're like, hey, man, I really appreciate this video that you did. I've learned a lot from you. you you've been the reason why I got my first carpet python or whatever it is. I've been watching your videos. Every time I hear one of those things, it could be the smallest, shortest little compliment of support. It literally gets rid of all my desires to quit and give up and stop doing it because like, like that right there makes it all worth it. And um, yeah. It's like the, the the most fueling thing I could ask for. And it always seems to come when I need it the most, when I'm at a, a one of my lowest points, uh, just like self-doubt and just being an asshole. And it always, the you know what? The universe always has a really funny way of making things work out if you open yourself to it. And I used to think it was just... Um, something my dad would say to me he used to just say you know things always have a way of working out you're jimison things have things have a way of working out and but what i never realized was that paired with his his strong will to never quit and always keep going was essentially just saying if you keep putting one foot in front of the other the universe will take care of you and um the more I, every day i wake up i believe that more and more so yeah and but also like it's like you said the, the the time when you open up to it is when you start to see the stars align but when you're caught in your own fucking demons and you feel sorry for yourself and everyone else is fucking with you and and yeah. they're, they're the problem not you oh my god you just stay fucking you stay clouded mentally bro and you don't yeah. see, you don't see the clear picture you know what i mean yeah yeah you can find the negative in something everywhere if you look everywhere yeah if that's what you if that's what you're looking for you're gonna find it but you know what else you can find in the same tune is you can find inspiration everywhere. Fuck yeah. You know who's inspiring me the most lately? We've said his name a bunch of times. Barcheck. Like, oh. I've been glued to his fucking vlogs, not for any reason yeah. other than, like, I just want to see how he's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he looks good with his hair growing in. I'm curious about the trial stuff that he's got going on. I'm really pulling for him the aquarium's amazing and but like all, what it all boils down to is somebody who's literally facing some of the highest level of adversity and is taking it on with a smile and being arguably the most strong person in a in a worst 
the worst case scenario and being the best possible example for every one of us to be right now, you tell me that's not a sign from the universe that like we need to be paying attention to somebody. We have somebody to learn from. I don't know what is like, yeah, he's like, you know, nobody's perfect. Great. He's not either, you know, like he's just a great role model of striving through it. And it sounds cliche as shit today, but to say, but like the things that sound cliche are cliche because they're true, because they have a lot of people vocalizing it and because there's something to it, there's substance to it. And so, you know, call it what you want, call it a weird energy from the universe, but I feel weird stuff in a positive way with the reptile world these days lately. And I'm, I'm excited for the way it's going. So that's because you belong to being here. And and I know longevity is a part of your game plan, Riley, obviously, because yeah. You know, like like I've did, we, we kind of made our lives a little harder than it needs to be, right? But guess what? <laughs> guess what? We we aren't going anywhere. We can continue okay. to make our lives harder and we ain't fucking going nowhere. But that's not the case. Obviously, we're 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 going against that now. And only things will continue to happen in your favor as far as why you should be doing what you're doing, Riley. So I gotta tell you right now, man, I'm looking forward to seeing what 2024 brings because I I feel like more stars are gonna become aligned in your favor and we're gonna have more shows. We're gonna be talking more. We're gonna fucking, you know, have you back on with Nick Mutton. Like, we're gonna really take things to the next level, Riley. I'm telling you right now, bro. I'm stoked. I look forward to whatever the future holds, man. Like, yeah. like you said, and and again, like I know you have me on as a guest, and and you're the interview viewer, but dude, we're everybody in this chat and everybody who watches the replays and everything is a testament to your hard work. So don't forget to, uh, you know, obviously it's it's kind of embarrassing to like you know pat oneself on the back and it seems sort of conceited and everything but don't forget to take a moment to step back yourself and look at where you've come in the last you know five or six years or whatever because i know when you were first getting into things i i doubt you you would have ever thought you'd be hosting an insanely uh popular and public and prolific podcast in a very main mainstream way uh and growing the the way you have i mean when you first started look at your collection and look at it now i mean i'm sure you've posted it in your stories plenty of times like something to the effect of just remember the the version of you five years ago was dreaming to be where you are now and it's like one of the most motivational things that i that always sticks in my head and you exemplify that perfectly so um you know as much as everybody's here to like maybe hear me talk or whatever but they really should also acknowledge that we we do listen because you're here too yeah well i appreciate it man but this show wouldn't be without the guest the guest is what makes this i mean it is designed to bring the best people in my opinion who are doing it in the reptile industry to come speak with us because there are people out there who want to be a part of this for the long run there are people out there who really just want to be epic fucking animal keepers but the best way to do that is by hearing from the people who are doing it the best you know and that's where it all started from i think you know i always continued to be mj because i didn't give a fuck if you liked me or not i'm bringing content that's going to put people on to the next level but at the end of the day man like i want to be more like dude come hang out let's learn let's have fun doing this and let's just fucking continue to grow and and dude things are just getting started man as crazy as it sounds things are just getting started bro so yeah yeah historically what you've you've done is just like the blip of an eye in terms of time imagine what you're going to be able to look back on and and think about you know 10 20 30 years from now you know what i mean like we have no 
idea. We can't even fathom what, what that might hold, but yep. isn't, that, isn't that the most exciting part of it is like, we're on that ride. I'm just excited that you and I are on, the, on that ride. You know what I mean? Like I have someone, cause I just know that time's going to can time will continue to go by and not everyone that we want to be a part of this will be a part of this. This is how life is. Some people aren't meant to stick around, but fuck man, if it's you and I 10 years from now, I'm stoked, you know, and there's other people out there. I want on the, on, on to be a part of this 10 years from now. And, and I do believe in them and whatnot, but it's all about the longevity, man. And you and I have some history to continue to make, but uh, I'm going to let you go tonight. I appreciate your time. Um, for anyone out there who wants to follow your work, be on top of your stuff, Riley Reptiles on Instagram. And are you Facebook heavy at all? Or are you mostly IG, you would say? Uh, mostly IG, but it populates onto Facebook. I just try to be present on everything. But yeah, Riley's Reptiles on Facebook, Facebook and Instagram. Riley Jimison on YouTube. I do have a TikTok, but I don't really give a shit about it. I just throw stuff up on there and like... Maybe one day it'll make me money passively, but otherwise, who cares? Um, <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, if if you want to reach out to me, um, Instagram, I'm on all the time, and then uh, I'm I'm up weekly on YouTube, posting videos, just trying to keep the presence up. All right, well, guys, do me a favor, go give my man Riley Jamison a follow, Riley Reptiles on IG, and uh, give it up. It's a wrap for episode 422, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that close to number 420. I know, huh? Dude, I, I was like, I felt bad because I had a I had a, a cool guy on, but he was you know, he's an older gentleman. He don't smoke, you know what I mean? So I was like, damn it, you should have fucking kind of organized this. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> I, I do so many, bro, where I it's really hard to predict and have certain guests li line up on certain numbers. But it's all good, man. I appreciate you so much, Robbie. I'll oh, see you next up. time. Hey, have a good night, all right, bro. Thank you. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you. Peace out. <sighs> Epic episode, man. That fucking episode was fire, super fire. And mind you, I didn't, you know, me and Riley didn't premeditate any of this. Like, I, I kind of was like, man, should I ask him if we could talk about this? But he kind of knew, like, he knew that we wanted to kind of get some of this shit cleared off. And and we did. And I'm just so happy and excited for Riley's, uh, you know, path to just kind of, you know, grow more and not worry about the shit that doesn't matter. And I know it's a lot easier said than done because I even get caught up in moments and what like and whatnot. But I don't, you know, I have too much going on. I have way too much going on. Um he has too much going on. We all have if you really think about it, nobody should have time to be sitting hating on someone or wanting someone to not be successful. Like if you have time to do that on a day to day basis or at all, you should really reevaluate things. Kind of find out what you're doing that you're not happy with. I think you're not happy with how your life is. And it's easy to go after other people when you hate yourself. Understand that, right? A lot of people who are hating others really hate themselves. They really, they hate their lives. They hate what they do. Everything that they do, they hate. So that's why hate goes with hate. So I really pray for all those people, man. I really pray for people to find a better purpose in life. I really do, all right? But on the other flip of things, for all you fucking longevity reptile keepers out there, my people, oh my God, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. It was amazing. Um, don't forget to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, select all. You're going to be on top of every single podcast I drop here on Trap Talk Reptile Podcast. Three podcasts a week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. All right, so don't forget. It's going to be epic. Big things to come. I'm ending this year with a bang december is usually some of my most poppinous podcasts okay i hope you guys enjoyed tonight's podcast because this is a good good little like teaser of what's to come for december all right be ready for next thursday night that shit's gonna be so heavy it's ridiculous but 
Till then, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Help me get to 10K. I'm almost at 10,000 subscribers, all right? So help your boy get to 10K before the end of the year. That'd be great. Hit the subscribe button. And don't forget, if you're looking for exclusive content, if you want to get more out of what you see here on every episode, if you want to just simply support what I have going on, what I'm doing, but if you really want to network yourself with some of the best reptile keepers in the game, go down to the very first link in the description, click on it, join the Trap Talk Patreon family. As soon as you join the Trap Talk Patreon family, you get a link to the Discord that will tap you with over 185 trappers, and then you get connected to the IG group chat, and then you really start meeting people. Every Sunday, Zoom meeting, face-to-face, -face, hangouts with the V-Unit family and the trappers. So part of the perks of being a part of the Patreon members is you get you get face-to-face -face with a lot of these people, man, a lot of these heavy hitters. So cannot wait for this Sunday. Cannot wait to see you guys. But again, thank you so much for all the love and support. Thank you for believing in not only me, not only Riley, but just believing in what we have going on, and that's the reptiles. At the end of the day, this is all about the fucking animals. So have a good night. I'll see you guys here on the next one. It's a wrap for episode 422, and I'm out.